Okay. We're recording. <laughs> All right. Oh what goodness. a week, huh? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like, listen, I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to think. Like, hi, you guys. Welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy, <laughs> uh, a podcast about Turkish Dizzies. Uh, uh, like we've in- ever explained that before. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But we keep obviously you're out of sorts, Kristen. People keep finding us though too. Like we're a podcast about Turk DZ. Listen, listen. We I have earned being out of sorts. (laughs) Oh, Uh, I'm not saying you haven't. I oh my gosh, yeah, you guys. We don't even know where to begin. But let's start with. I wrote under housekeeping. I took like three lines up in all caps and wrote Mm -hmm. Aisha. With hearts all around yeah. it. Because yeah. you guys, I don't remember if we actually said this when we made our post-24 Aisha episode where we were basically crying for an hour about the fact that she was leaving the show. Yeah. I don't remember if we mentioned this while we were recording or if you and I talked about it off mic, but at that time, Ashley and I were both, I mean, we were upset that she was leaving, but we were especially upset because- mm. In that episode, Sarkhan gives Edda a charm bracelet. Yeah. And Ashley and I got particularly upset because we, back in two months before this episode even aired, back in October, mm-hmm. we had sent handmade charm bracelets to Aisha and the cast and crew. But we made mm-hmm. very specific and special ones for Aisha. Yeah. One for one representing Erkenji Kush, one representing Senchal Kapama. Yeah. And, but as you guys know, I think we shared this that the package was declined for, we don't really know what happened, but basically the package didn't get fully delivered after the delivery attempt. And then it just sat in the Turkish <laughs> post office for, for like so long, three months before getting mailed back to us. And it took like another month to get back to us. So mm-hmm. we were upset because we were like, oh my gosh. She had Zerkhan give Edda this meaningful charm bracelet, and mm-hmm. she doesn't even know that we made her charm bracelets long before this episode even aired. Yeah. Like, which would have made it so much cooler. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so we were just super bummed. Well, then, about a month ago, the package finally landed back on Ashley's mm-hmm. doorstep. And All a little battered and, <laughs> say, and a little worse, A little worse Jeez. for the wear. Um, but luckily, it went ev- on a bit, bit of a journey. It went on literally a worldwide round trip journey. Mm-hmm. And um, so we opened it up, and the only thing that was actually damaged was the puzzle that we sent for Karim. And yeah. luckily, you had another one that we could swap it out for. <laughs> because I'm also just a, a puzzler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ashley is a puzzle nerd. So luckily, she had an unopened one that we were just able to swap it out for. Yeah. All the other all the other stuff actually held up really well, considering how bad the box looked. Yeah. Um, so we repackaged everything. But we decided to send Aisha's separately this time. Um, since when we sent it, she was still writing for the show, and now she's not. Mm-hmm. So we got that off in the mail, and it was delivered last week. I got the delivery confirmation text, and then I kind of just forgot about it. I was like, okay, well, hopefully they'll yeah. get it to her. Like, I didn't really think much of it. Then yesterday morning, I woke up. Mm-hmm. Well, I woke up to several messages and mentions, but specifically, there were three text messages waiting for me from Hannah, from Moran. And from Sarah 
Sarah E.B. Maven on Twitter, all that were like, Kristen, why are you sleeping? Wake up. Like, <laughs> with a screenshot of a tweet from Aisha that was to us, our podcast account. And then, of course, once I opened Twitter, it was just a mess. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I, so I immediately texted Ashley. Oh, my um, gosh. And Hannah told me, she's like, tell Ashley to get off the beach and uh, look at her phone. (laughs) That's actually how I found out you were at the beach because I didn't even see your post that you guys had gone to the beach. But Oh, yeah. So I was like, get off the beach. And then I was like, oh, and then I saw your – anyways. So I was like, Ashley, 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 Ashley. And it was was just – I mean, last week, the whole Hyundai and the flowers thing Uh with Sandra. And then Aisha – tweeted at us basically saying i didn't know writers could get or could receive gifts from fans you made me very happy on a very challenging day thank you and then a picture of her wrist with the bracelets on them and honestly i never at most i i was like well maybe we'll get like a quick email or something that just says like she received it you know right thanking us but honestly, I wasn't even expecting that. I would have. I was just happy knowing it got delivered, and that yeah. I just kind of had faith that they were going to make sure it got to her. Right. Um, and so that was like so surreal. Mm-hmm. I was just like floating on a cloud all day yesterday, and then I was like, "Gosh, you know, if she said this was a challenging day for whatever reason, who knows?" Um, most of the replies to her tweet were from mm-hmm. other people who felt the exact same way. Like I know. That were just I, like – Which was awesome. Yeah. Like I was like, man, I really hope that she felt the love yesterday. Yeah. That there are many, many, many of us who truly appreciate and admire and love her pen. Yeah. And the stories that she tells. Like so, yeah, I was like, man, I really hope this was like – a really cool thing for her too, just to see all the other love that was poured in. And then you guys were also supportive, like, oh my gosh, like you, you know, to us, like people were just so sweet to us about it. And um, yeah, it just, I still can't believe it. Like, <laughs> like she knows our names. I know. <laughs> and she's know. like wearing jewelry we made for her with like custom charms I ordered specific. Like I hunted down this like these albatross and phoenix charms and like and then the the essential copper ones you can't see as much in the photo but um you can see the fairy and there's Mm -hmm. uh there's actually there's a robot and handcuffs and a rose and a star um so yeah i just i yeah it's been it's just nuts and then um She's so, so, so sweet. This morning, she just sent us a further message thanking us, like, more in person, like, just letting us know how much it meant to her. And even that, that, I was like, oh, my gosh. I I can't believe this. Like, the fact that she reached out and we got a message from her just further elaborating on what it meant to her, like, meant the world to us. Like, I was like, I don't even think you realize how much this means to us. Like, Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, what, what a dream. So... Yeah, I don't like <laughs> and then like tomorrow is our two year podcast anniversary. And then yes. so like all this stuff happening in like the last week. I'm like, what what is life? Like what is happening right now? I I told Kristen that the stars are all aligning. You did you did say that. <laughs> and I was like, I just like all that's left is for the cast to get their stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, as long as they get it, that's all that I care about, honestly. Like, the fact that Aisha even got it 
that it's in her hands Mm -hmm. is enough for her to know how much we appreciate her. And hopefully, you know, if she does choose to listen to any of the podcast of the episodes, Mm -hmm. whether it's EK or Central Kapama, you know, hopefully – even that is a little bit of an ego boost for uh-huh. her. Like, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I can't even imagine how difficult – I mean, we've seen – obviously, we did not enjoy what <laughs> has been happening to the plot. Mm-hmm. And because of that, just what has been, you know, spewed at mm-hmm. those writers. I can't even imagine how hard it is to – be any kind of a writer whether you're writing novels or articles or whatever yeah because you're always going to have critics but dz fans are kind of next level yeah (laughs) so really and truly domestic and international both like yeah we're all a special group (laughs) yes so i can only imagine how trying that could be when you're kind of pouring your heart out into a project and then depending on what somebody thinks about it, they might rip into you or they <laughs> might just glorify the story and all of that. So I'm I'm just really excited that she got it and that she yeah. has a little bit of an understanding of how much we appreciate her. Me too. Me too. I ugh, yeah, I'll like never get over that. Um I was like I was like, okay everyone in the Facebook group because uh it was it was Jazba who posted in the group, like the screenshot and was like, oh, because mm-hmm. a lot of you guys found out before we did because yeah. we're on the other side of the world and right. I was asleep at right. 3.46 in the morning or whatever time it was <laughs> that she like tweeted that. So a lot of you guys knew way before we did. And so someone had posted in our Facebook group and was like, congratulations. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, like this is just crazy. I can't believe this. And – um. I was like, we need, I was like, that's it. This is a, this is a Dizzy for DZ holiday. We need to come up with like a name for March 31st every year now because <laughs> it's like a defining day in our like podcast. I don't, it's not a career because we don't make money podcast off of this. Podcast history. But yeah. In our podcast history life, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we could probably just do a whole podcast about this, but we won't. Um. But yeah, so that and then like Karem did a Q&A yesterday. He someone had said like, hey, what would you think about doing a Twitter Q&A? Mm. And if you came up with a hashtag, then people could just use that hashtag instead of like flooding your mentions. And then you can just scroll through the hashtag and like pick questions out, That's which cool. I was like, which I was like, I love this idea. But mm-hmm. then also I was like, you're also talking to the man who just found the reply button. So <laughs> are you sure? But he actually replied to her. Um, okay. To Andrea, I think is Well, her name. yeah, he knows how to do that now, Kristen. Uh-huh. So he, re- <laughs> he replied and said, I love this idea. What would a ha- what would a cool hashtag be? Is this possible? Like, what about hashtag ask the person? Oh my well, gosh. So of course as, so as soon as we tweet as soon as he tweeted that, I don't think he quite realized what he was in for because <laughs> within minutes there was like twenty five thousand <laughs> tweets. Like we trended that hashtag yesterday, not even trying to trend it. Like I <laughs> I think that is one of my favorite qualities about him is how much of an old man he is when, uh-huh. it, when it comes to social media and Twitter. He's just – it's like the cutest. It's so I cute. Just, 
I love it so much. I'm like, oh, protect him at all costs. I know. I know. It like just him being like, is this possible? We're like, is this possible? Like, we're oh, about Karen. to find out. I know. He's precious. Oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> he's, he's joke precious. So, of course, as soon as he was like, what about something like Ask the Person? Which I don't think he was meaning to, like, start the actual Q&A right then. But, of course, he right. put that hashtag out did. there. Yeah. And everyone was, like, flooding to the hashtag. And scrolling the hashtag, I got to say, some of you don't deserve social media privileges because some of the things that were being asked, which I won't repeat, was just so – I was cringing so badly that I was like, I hope he just – I mean, I I can – it just gave me a taste of what I can imagine some of the questions they get during their Instagram lives. Oh, geez. Like when they kind of chuckle or go, whoops, uh, you know. Um, Anyways, but there were some good ones that he answered and one i thought was so cool one person asked do you when you're thinking do you think in turkish or english oh that's a great question and i was like this is so good it's so interesting but also it's not invasive or it's not like this invasive private question but it's also something that i'm like i don't think anyone's asked him that before this is a new question it's not that it's not someone asking the same question over and over yes and he answered or maybe he's one of those weird people who doesn't have an internal monologue yes oh i know that's a whole other (laughs) the fact that people like that exist i don't remember if we've talked about this before either on the podcast but i don't not on the podcast in in real life we have okay i don't think on the podcast anyway sorry i don't want to derail you that's okay that's okay so he (laughs) actually answered that and was like well it depends like lately when he – I think how he said it was, like, lately when he's speaking to his um, – when he's speaking English, he is kind of translating it from Turkish, which I don't oh, think is, like, the norm. I The way he answered mm. it made it seem like that's not really the norm. Um, now I want to find it. I should have saved it because I was like – that That was honestly, like, the best question. Um, I would imagine that the, the, the longer he's just kind of immersed in a singular language, mm-hmm. that that would kind of happen, that you would start to think more often in that language, maybe dream in that language. Um, whereas, you know, I think we all know that for a good chunk of his life, uh, he was speaking English probably predominantly. Um, yeah. At least for a good number of years. And now he's living in Turkey. He's working in turkey he has been for a while so that would that would make a lot of sense that after however much time he would just kind of be fully in turkish mode yeah <laughs> in, no in really his brain yeah <laughs> so that's well that's such a good question it was really good and now i can't find his reply to it but anyways i just was like that's a really good question um and very interesting because yeah like he clearly speaks both mm-hmm. regularly I mean, obviously Turkish more, but, you know, um, yeah. So it's like I just – I think I've always assumed like, oh, he must uh, Mm -hmm. think in English. And maybe that was the norm for a long time. Right. But, yeah, maybe it's now more like, no, actually now I kind of – it's kind of switched in my head. Yeah. So it was very interesting. That was like my favorite question. Someone else asked – what's in his green smoothie that he makes? (laughs) Okay. And he wrote – Broccoli, celery, parsley, lemon, spirulina, cucumber, ma- I don't know if it's matcha or ma- 
or MAGA, because I don't know if it's an if it's a Turkish C or our C, but just M-A-C-A powder. Oh, maca. Maca powder. It is maca. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maca powder and ginger. So mm. I was wow. like, and I was, so I like quote tweeted it and I was like, listen, watch me buy all these ingredients just to make this, even though I have a feeling it's going to taste like freshly mowed grass. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It will. And then when I was looking up, because I was like, what the heck is spirulina? The other stuff I had heard of before. It's also green. Well, it is. It's green. <laughs> and when I looked up, like, because you can buy it in, like, pill or powder form. Mm-hmm. But I was looking up, like, the powder. And one of them came in a blend called Amazing Grass. And I was like, yeah. well, I guess my freshly mowed grass theory was right. Yeah. And he does a sm- – see, juice is one thing, but a smoothie of all of that? Like, he blends next it. next level, man. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he blends it. I don't think he juices it. I like a good green smoothie, but mine is like has fruit in it mm-hmm. and then a huge, huge amount of uh, spinach. Yeah. Like I'm so basic with my green smoothie. Yeah. That is, yeah, that sounds like a garden in your mouth. Right yeah, because I feel like that would be better all juiced, wouldn't it? I would stuff? prefer to drink something like that juiced and <laughs> not as a smoothie. Because Personally, I'm like I've wait had a some. Now I've had a smoothie like that, and you're like coughing through it. Uh-huh. But I mean, y- you could get used to anything, so. right? Right, right. But that's I was just, just sitting here like that's wow. got to be thick too because the only juicy thing in there is like the lemon. I mean, cucumbers. He a might lot add of water. like water, yeah, but just to make it smoother. I was like, well, maybe I'll try it. Because I have a Vitamix, so I bet I could get it pretty smooth. Yeah. Just but like double know. the amount of lemon that you think you should put in there. Uh-huh. For <laughs> sure. For sure. So anyways, and then he answered some other stuff, but that was really fun. And then, you know, we got a really good Instagram live from them this week. Um, and that's actually up on our channel because our lovely Twitter angels translated it for us. Um, and I love when they do it because – they add like extra little commentaries and stuff <laughs> and emojis. <laughs> and it's really funny. Um, but anyhow, yeah. And I was like, huh, okay, well, I they were just adorable. I mean, even like when they were talking about going live before, he like it was Hyundai and she was like, Should we go live? And he like pops into the frame and like rests his chin on her shoulder and he was like, Yeah, let's go live. And and then it was so Such cute a because puppy. I, he is. <laughs> he totally is <laughs> the cutest little puppy. Um, and so then during the live, um, they were taking questions, and someone popped up, and Hyundai brought the question up about who's your favorite partner because they got asked that in their very very first live. Okay. But Karem, of course, gave like a very political answer. Um, during that live. But he basically goaded Hyundai into saying, like, that he was her favorite partner. <laughs> and so she's like, I've been waiting for this question to come back up because, you know. <laughs> and it was so cute because he was like, okay, listen. Um, and I love that he prefaced it with this. I I don't know. This just endeared him to me even more. But he was like, okay, Neil Perry, listen. Because, you know, he's done, like, three projects with her. Yeah. And he's like, you, like, are on your own level. You have a very special place. But Hande is my really my favorite partner. Uh-huh. And then he like hugged her and it was so <laughs> cute. <laughs> and then his troll hair. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> he because of course just like you know he's like everyone always asks me about my hair so he you know acknowledged it and he was like um basically it's i've just wanted to grow it out so he clearly got some wild hair to grow his hair out which cool okay. i currently also have that like my hair's been short for years and it's the longest it's been in a oh sorry i hit the mic it's the longest it's been in a long time so mm-hmm. totally get that and I, this is not against him <laughs> Because I've seen him for, like, the Hello Magazine shoot, for the awards show he was just at a couple weeks ago on Inen Inen. And his hair is the same length it is when he's on set on Central Kapama. But for whatever reason, <laughs> on Central Kapama, it's, like, not styled the way it is on those other things. <laughs> yeah. And so it just it's so prominently obvious how long his hair is on the show. And then like when he was running in the airport in the final scene of this episode, I there's this still I caught. I don't know if you noticed it, but when he's running, his hair fully like lifts up off his head as though it's a helmet. And then all you see is like the shaved sides and it looks like a toupee like floating off of his head. And it just kills me but then i'm like but he's so happy like when he was like my hair reaches my ears it's never done that before like it's so cute and he's like so excited about how long it's getting (laughs) that i'm like okay i'm happy for you and i accept this i mean i don't really have a choice it's his head of hair you know (laughs) like our opinion on it really truly doesn't matter but i'm just like but can't they can't they comb it differently (laughs) can't they apparently they cannot (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, nay say enough about his hair, I guess. So um that was all my big housekeeping stuff. Aisha, I'll probably never shut up about that for the rest of my life. Also, I had a theory that I'll share once we kind of like start getting into the episode. But um, do we want to tell them about our game at the end or do we want to tell them about it right now? Um <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I forgot. Either I should way, never. I should never I know, ask Ashley to make ask a decision. Me. You know how I am. I'm in the indecisive queen. Sorry, I dropped something off of That's my okay. table over here. That's all right. Um, I don't. Okay, don't ask we'll t- me. Okay, let's talk. About, we'll we'll talk about it at the end. It's ready though, right? It will be when this drops. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll tell you guys. We have like a fun interactive kind of game thing and hopefully if yeah. enough of you guys participate we'll actually be able to make a full episode out of it so but we'll talk about that at the end so other than that do you have any other housekeeping um i don't think so okay oh All i that- did i did want to say a really quick uh get me soon to sarp john he tested positive for covid oh, no. and i just read on twitter that Barack did too. Barack Denise. Oh no. What about so, his mustache? I know. <laughs> and like they're clearly gonna have to shut like he's the star, so like they're gonna have to shut production down, well, I assume. I mean, yeah, I feel like they've been, I feel like they every episode, I'm like, is this really a COVID world? Look at I all know. those people. What's going I know. on? Well, and I think we're so used to Sen Chalkapama who it's painfully obvious that it's a COVID world oh, because so when they contained. have mm-hmm, when they have their fashion shows and when they have you know and there's like nobody there yeah um, when they go into a restaurant and there's like no other guests but maybe like one or two 
Which, don't get me wrong, I totally am willing to look past and appreciate because oh, absolutely. of the times we're in. If mm-hmm. this was, like, normal, I'd be like, this is weird. Um, you know, but yeah, in in Marashla, like, you have clubs and... There's literal crowds of mm-hmm. people. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I guess every... Um, <laughs> every DZ. TV station, every production company is dealing with things differently. Differently. I mean, clearly they're yeah. testing a lot because, you know, I'm sure they're all testing regularly, right. which is why uh, at first I wasn't sure if this was like an April Fool's thing or not. So I like almost don't trust anything we see on Twitter oh, right now. But right, right. But like a lot of a lot of accounts have been reporting it. Okay. So if he's not good, I'm glad because he hasn't posted anything like Sarp John actually posted about his Um he Barack has not yet so I don't know if he's just not because he doesn't feel like it and who can blame him because if he's busy recovering I'm sure the last thing he's worried about is tweeting his COVID status to his followers Um, but either way I hope they get well soon and the rest that their bodies need so Mm. Um, yeah sorry anything else though from you no I don't think so okay well let's talk about this episode then um and it's funny because, like I said, I had I had three theories about why, in my opinion, this episode was good, <laughs> why I actually enjoyed watching it, uh-huh. why when certain scenes happened, I was like, is this real? And at uh. one point, I was like, did Aisha help them? Because, like, as we know, the the we haven't loved the – as you guys know, we have not loved the writing since, you no. know, like episode 30, really. Mm-hmm. And um, this episode felt entirely different from that. And while I could nitpick, like, I was like, okay, I could totally nitpick, like, okay, this is a night and day change from what you've been giving us, but that's also what I've been asking for. So I can't be mad about that, even though I'm like, this is such a stark difference from who Serkan was, like, in 36. Oh, completely. You know what I mean? Totally different. Where you're like, this doesn't even make sense because it's such a 180. But also at the same time, I don't want more of episode 36, Sercon. So I can't. Right. I was like, I can't nitpick that. Who even cares? Like, we don't. It doesn't have to be a gradual shift. I don't even care. (laughs) Yeah. It needed to be a gradual shift from like 30 on. But since that's not what we got, the stark shift is what we're given. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm embracing this because this is what I've been asking for. Right. Um. But it was funny because I was like, how like, how am I enjoying this episode? Like, I really went into this. People were like, you're going to like it. And I was like, uh-huh, sure. You, some of you said that about 35, too. And some of you said that about 36. <laughs> and I did not. So I was like, I wasn't really trusting anyone like telling me. Like, oh, I wasn't I was trusting anything either. Going to yeah. enjoy it. Um, but I, <laughs> that also shows what a pessimist I am because I'm like, no, I'm just going to have really low expectations and then anything <laughs> above that, I'll be happy. Well, and here's the thing, though. I really did come into this with very low expectations, mm-hmm. which I think – but part of me is like I think that helped, which I'm sure it kind of did. But I feel like I've also been coming in with low expectations every single week mm-hmm. and was still grossly disappointed even though yeah. I was coming in with low expectations. Yeah. So this time I was just like, okay, like I feel like we're getting our show back on track. I feel like – yeah. And so I was like, all right, when all was said and done, I was like, I have three theories here because I said something something had to have happened. Like I just couldn't believe the same people who have been making the plot from 30 to 36 
mm-hmm. also made this. Because I said, so it has to be one of three things. They either, one, had outside help. And this is what I wrote last Saturday. So before we got announcement of who the new writers were or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I said they either, one, had outside help this week, possibly from whoever is taking over as the writers now. Two, they actually finally did their research, homework, read tweets from people who know and love the show and acted accordingly. Mm-hmm. Or, th- or three, which this would have been the most upsetting, they've had this potential the entire time because we did catch tiny snippets of it during like the cafe scene that, you know, we loved. Um, so we did see tiny snippets. So they've possibly had this potential the entire time. And production and or someone else above them has been stifling them in order to drag the plot out for a century. And this episode, they were maybe finally given free reign. Hmm. The only thing that makes me doubt this is that it doesn't really excuse such terrible character inconsistencies. Because even with a bad plot, characters themselves can remain recognizable. 15 through 24 was a long time of Edser being broken up. But for the most part, they were still Edda and Serkan. Like, um, if that makes sense. So... Um, it would be really a shame if they were being stifled this whole time. And this is what this is the kind of stuff we could have been having um, because it's a disservice to them as writers, the show and the fandom, really. Well, then come to find out it was very much my first theory that they had outside help because uh, a lot of sources were saying that our new but not new returning writers and Kudrim and their team were kind of helping oversee the episode, which would make sense so they can make sure things are being pushed in a direction where they're going to take it when they take back over. So I was like, okay, well, this made so many things click and fall into place for me Mm -hmm. because of the Sarkon we got, because of the references that we got, because of just the way the direction this episode went that we got. I was like, okay. So when it was announced, whatever day, Monday, Tuesday, that they were back, I was like, oh, okay, so many things make sense to me now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, you know, and if we can't, if we can't have Aisha back, because again, you guys know, <laughs> uh, I'm glad it's them. I'm glad it's people who know the show, people who have at least clearly watched key scenes, if not all the older episodes. They at least tried to keep the spirit of the show while they were writing it. And yes. like if <laughs> like at least there's that, you yeah. know, nothing, nothing can be. I, I don't know that anything if you start out with an original idea from mm-hmm. one perspective from a writer and then somebody takes over. I don't know that they could ever fully, you know, follow that original idea through. Right. To the full capacity that the story uh, not story originator. What am I thinking? The story creator. Uh-huh. Um, Origina- originator mind. is a word, though. So <laughs> yeah, it's not what I was thinking. Though. I know, but um, but they at least were trying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there was never anything that was so. I mean, yeah, there was just they at least tried and. We weren't thinking, who are these people? What's even going on while they were at the helm? So I will gladly take this team taking back over Mm -hmm. from whatever was happening the last six episodes. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I will say this too. I think it was – yeah, I think it was uh, Kareem who 
so cute. Before it was officially announced, he posted in his Instagram stories. And it was just, it was an Instagram video. He had gold playing in the video. And he was squeezing a lemon into water. <laughs> and he was like, coming soon. And honestly, I was like, listen, if you, if I already wasn't like excited to have you back, this made me love you a little bit more even because for sure he clearly cares about specific things in the story that we care about. Mm-hmm. And you know, when they did fumble and make that dead wife thing happen, they also clearly saw it was a bad idea <laughs> and backpedaled it as best they could. Yeah. Like it was yeah. a very much a non-issue later. Like, yeah, it did come back up with him kidnapping her, but that was solved so quickly that it wasn't right. its own whole entire subplot. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that too. Like they can see like, oh yeah, that wasn't a great idea. Um, and kind of shift accordingly. Yeah. Whereas it did not feel like that with this last team. Um, it felt more like, well, this is what we're doing and <laughs> oh well if it like drives it into the ground. So yeah. um anyhow. So yeah. So okay, you said you don't think you loved it as much as I did. So what was your like overall I I liked it. I the la <clears throat> excuse me, man, my throat today. Um there were some great moments. Mm-hmm. I, I did like it in general. Um, but the first, it's so funny. I was so skeptical mm-hmm. that I, I did have the live watch on mm-hmm. as I was just like doing stuff on Saturday. Um, I only got maybe 30 to 45 minutes in. And again, it was on in the background. I wasn't paying a lot of attention. So my impression from the live watch probably leaked a little bit into my watching with subs. Mm-hmm. But um, because some of it felt very whiplashy to me. Oh, with, 100% still. Mm-hmm. With Edda and with Serkan and with all of it. And then um, so that was kind of that's probably my biggest criticism. Agreed. Is like I all I kept thinking was. Okay, Edda, you're you said no, but you're gonna let him kidnap you, and then mm-hmm. we have this really cute pizza montage. Like, what, what is even happening? Well, okay, like- listen. So that was one of my yes, because at the end of my like thread, I was like, okay, listen, I loved that far more than I absolutely thought I would. There were so many things I loved. Right. However, it doesn't erase you know, A, B, C, X, Y, and Z for me, these things still need to be dealt with. These are still things I have issues with. Right. That I hope now that they've taken back over, they will deal with in the best way they can. They can't, I know they can't go back and erase what was done. Right. So I need to make sure that that's not the expectation I have, but absolutely that there are things that need to be dealt with. Like, because Serkan still to me did not get mad enough at Celine this entire episode. Like, no, you can tell he's so passive. Yep. Because she started playing the victim and uh-huh. she's like, can you even imagine seeing the person that you love and your kid? And I was like, I, stop right now. My, you do not deserve anything mm-hmm. good in the world. No. You are getting, you are reaping what you sowed mm-hmm. and he should not only, like he was basically like, sorry, and then leaves her alone. And all I was thinking was like, he should have ripped her to shreds oh and a when thousand he percent 
when he went over there and he was so visibly upset at the whole situation, I like, I mean, I, I did like that because I was like, okay, this feels legit this feels real he's mm-hmm. reacting how he should to right. something this heinous of her to be saying yep and um but i i wanted him to just rip her to shreds mm-hmm. i want i'm like i really need him to stand up for himself yep and to really truly get it across to her mm-hmm. that what she did what she has been doing is not right that she is an abuser, that there is something wrong with her, and uh, she's not innocent at all. And part of me is like, please tell me somehow still you're faking this entire pregnancy thing because that poor child, like, to have her as a mother, like, she's to someone who's clearly lying about the paternity because let me tell you, okay, first of yeah. all, when oh, – obviously. When you – when we were talking about how they were on the phone at first and she's mm-hmm. like, you don't understand. This hurts. Because she says, yes, I told a lie. All out of love for you. I'm suffering. I'm in pain. And I wrote, GTFO, I hate her so much. And then the fact that he still just mulls right over it like it's I know. no big deal that she upended their lives. And like, sorry that you're hurting. Yeah. And it's like, <gasps> no, you created this entire circumstance. You yep. manipulated this entire thing. And so I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I need episode 20, Sarkon, like mm. 2.0 version of that yelling yeah. scene at Celine. Yeah. And, you know, we've already gone over how this can happen, whether BK's on set or not. Like, yep. So there's not really an excuse for that not to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. So if I don't get that next week, I'm going to be really upset because yeah. not only do I believe – that this team is very capable of making of putting that in there in oh, a way very. that feels natural and how it should happen. Mm-hmm. So that will be make it upsetting is just because it's like I know you guys can do this. Yeah. Um yeah, I need that. And I honestly I need that more than I need Ed Sarah sweetness because I'm not going to yeah. be able to fully enjoy Ed Sarah sweetness and angst uh, and until all of that. Celine is thoroughly dealt with. Until Celine is thoroughly dealt with. Amen. Yeah. So because you know when um Again, like I said, I, I don't think at this point she can actually be lying about the pregnancy unless she's really just been paying off every medical professional in her vicinity. Um, but yeah. not that it's impossible. But Right. But the whole emergency room thing to me that mm-hmm. felt like the nail in the coffin. I was like, okay, no, she really is pregnant. Yes. I was – it was funny. As I was watching, I was like, well, I'm Jaren. <laughs> like, yeah. Jaren, I'm Jaren. Jaren is me being like, well, she could have faked it because she could have paid someone to be a, quote, doctor to call the office at the mm-hmm. right time. Yep. And she – there's all these things she could have forged. Yep. It's very possible if a six-minute dryer is possible, then she could fake a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. but obviously to me now that's not the case right she really is pregnant so it better it had better be denise's well and i think that final scene between the two of them without it saying it cemented it it. yeah and i will say this because i asked people i said okay listen i would think i was like halfway through the episode Mm -hmm. and I said, all right, somebody answer. You need to spoil this for me right now because I need to know if this is the last episode I'm ever watching of this show. Mm -hmm. Because if he did not immediately deny the possibility that it was his child, I was going to be done. And people were like, 
just nope keep watching you yeah it's fine and you know when she blurts it when edda blurts, blurts it out because she's just she's <laughs> she's reached her limit yeah. poor girl yeah um and honestly it's good that she did because like you're giving him whiplash where you're like we can be together yes. we can't be together we can be together and he right. deserves to know why and he does. if this coward of a woman won't tell him right then about you his know alleged child right then yeah, yeah edda has someone every, has to yes edda has every right to do that yep. so celine gave up that privilege the second mm-hmm. she decided the supposed father of her child doesn't deserve to know so right. you know when edda bursts that blurts that out and he's like what do you mean that's impossible there was nothing between us uh-huh. and edda <laughs> says are you sure and he says yes uh-huh. I'm sure. And she's like, well, then you better go talk to Celine. He's like, oh, believe me, I will. Because, I will. like, this isn't yes. possible. I was like, yes, yes, yes. It's happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Finally. And I was like, okay, thank God. Hallelujah. Well, then when he shows up to her house, mm-hmm. the, every time I think I can't hate her more. I know. She somehow stoops lower to a level I didn't know was possible. Yeah. Because she absolutely uses his memory loss against him. And I is know. like, but – Sarkon, how could you forget? And I'm, first of all, I'm like, oh, so you're saying that sex with you is forgettable? Cool. Um, anyways, but so you know, she's like, how could you forget? You called me. How could you forget that happened? And he's like, I liked this too because this was very kind of a so vulnerable moment from him. The way he says it, where he's like, but you know why I called you? Yeah. I didn't remember anyone. I needed help. Mm-hmm. I wanted to remember. Yep. And this is where I think. I'll, this is where I think. Uh, f and k and company uh are really trying to pivot what the plot was to what it needs to be mm-hmm. because nothing from 30 to 36 says he was really truly trying to remember but i mm-hmm. think they're gonna they're trying to rewrite history as well as they can by saying like okay but when i first came to you i did want to remember and i looked to you for help so i feel like that whole thing from him implied that his desire was to remember. Yeah. But then she manipulated and fed him this whole lie about what the last year really was. And that was right. him kind of acknowledging that in that statement. Like, but you know why I came to you. I needed help. I oh, wanted okay. to remember. I right. I took that as this was this was something from the from our right from our new writers, from our returning writers. Mm-hmm. To try and say, okay, hey, we're going to try to salvage this. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That his intention was actually to remember, but then with her quote, help and Mm -hmm. him being vulnerable, he was easily manipulated. Right. Um, Which I think, you know, we've all been hoping for that and assuming that all along, but it was nice to see that actually like acknowledged and on screen. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we've established that. And then the other part of me is like, so you. You, Celine, you have no problem painting yourself as someone who would sleep with someone who can't fully consent because you're like, well, your memory was foggy and blah, blah, blah. So you're acknowledging you saw that he was not well. Yeah. And supposedly slept with him anyways. So you're so desperate to make him think that he's the father of your child that you're willing to paint yourself as a rapist. Like, this is the level we've stooped to. Yeah, she truly is. Yeah. And, you know, we know they didn't sleep together, so she's not. But the fact that she was okay with actually painting that picture to fool him. And, of course, it's going to cause him to doubt a little bit because he does Mm -hmm. know his memory was foggy. He does know he was really messed up back then. Right. 
and that's and, when he's like, but you knew why I came to you. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's why he is so torn. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, him going to Ida and kind of explaining and saying, you know, he had these dark days, these hazy days. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's torn up about it. And what I will say, <laughs> they absolutely brought Sarkon back this episode. And I was like, hallelujah. Thank God for that. Yes. Because just everything, everything about him, I was like, Okay, this isn't some random body snatcher who nope. is in Serkan's body anymore. We're back to him being who he truly is. There was something specific that I was thinking about earlier and now I can't remember. Was it because was it the moment when they when she first shows up to the office because that conversation screamed episode 24 when when he was shaving in the bathroom to me. This moment when he comes in and she he's he's like, "Okay, Clearly something's wrong. <laughs> Clearly something's yes. up. You know, but you're not talking to me. And mm-hmm. but are you sick of me? Like, no, you're not sick of me. Like, I love you. We're in love. We we can have a beautiful life if you would just let it happen. Right. But I don't understand why you won't. Right. And then when he tells her, um, when he tells her not to not to take her eyes, like, please don't where is it? Um when he says to her, um, you're you're right. Because, you know, she's like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I tried so hard. Right. You know, like, and, you know, it would make sense that her brain is all muddled from that. Like, of course. And her heart is just, you know, confused and all of that. You know, because she's trying to explain why she said no without mm-hmm. saying the real reason. And, you know, he's like, okay, you're right. You, like, you do get to feel those things. I do understand. But please please don't hide your eyes from me. Yes. That to me was a really good callback of don't remove your hand from my heart. Like Mm -hmm. I can do anything as long as your hand is touching my heart from 24. That's what that felt like to me. And I, that's when I said when he, and then when he's, as he's saying this and he's walking slowly towards her and he's talking very low and in this like pleading, vulnerable voice. Yep. I said, this is the first hint I've seen of volume 24, Sircon. And like, yeah. Thank you, finally. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I realized it was even before that. I, I think it was before that because he has the conversation with Engin and Pearl before she even gets mm-hmm. to the office, right? Yes. So him even being suspicious of Celine and being mm-hmm. and knowing that somehow she had something to do with Eda saying no to his proposal, mm-hmm. he the fact that he was even suspicious. I was like, "Thank you, he's back." Like yes. he is not some guy who's like, "What do you mean Celine might have done something to <laughs> mess with Eda?" Like, no, he was like, "I swear something must have happened." Did you guys do you guys know if she talked mm-hmm. to Celine? Do you guys know about this? Because we all know how observant and um, how discerning Serkan is with mm-hmm. so many things, especially with Eda. Yeah. So the fact that he had even the tiniest suspicions that Celine could have something to do with it, I was like, here it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> here, there, there he is. <laughs> there he is. Well, and just and even how how persistent he was the, from the time she walked away. So like So persistent. And, and how then he, just like his pleading, mm-hmm. his clear the the clear signs of his insecurities that we all know that he struggles with. Yes, it's just all of these character traits that 
are absolutely Sarkon. Yes. Like, I don't even care that boy ate a pizza. Who even cares? Like, right. he was <laughs> chasing after her. He uh-huh. was, like, all of these things. And I was like, okay, he's he's back. And this is, I yeah. will absolutely take it. Yep. Well, and he's not taking, because, you know, and who can blame him? Because both of them have been guilty in the past of not fully sharing what's on their heart and mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's what took them 11 episodes to get together because they he assumed she hated him and couldn't wait to get away. She assumed he was still in love with Celine. So, you know, when he first shows up at her house that night, I was Mm -hmm. already like, oh, thank God. You're not just like, okay, let her run away. Right. You know, but he's also struggling with wanting to respect her and not like – you know, berate her or stalk her or whatever. But at the same time, like, no, I know there's something. Because, you know, he shows up. He's like, we have to talk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and she's like, listen, not everything is so easy. There are some things that just can't be settled. Yeah. And, of course, we know what she's talking about, but he Mm -hmm. doesn't. And, well, I understand we needed this whole conflict for this episode. Right. I'm like, but we're also 37 episodes in. Have they not grown even a little bit that they can, like, communicate? And I love that Sarkhan is the one who wants to communicate. He is yes. the one who's like, let's talk. Let's this. Tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and she says, not everything's easy. There are things that cannot be settled. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And mm-hmm. she's like, things don't always go the way we want them to. And he's like, um, you know, well, I don't, like, again, like, I don't. Okay, elaborate on that, though. We need to talk. Right. We need to get, we've been through so much. We've made it through so many horrible things. Like, right. whatever this is, we can make it, too. Like, we love each other very much, you know? And she basically is like, you know, sometimes that's not enough, but I'm tired. I don't want to talk about this. Please just let me rest. Please, please just let me be alone. And he does relent yeah. and and leaves. But he's already back the next morning. Mm-hmm. And God bless him for answering to the name Aniste. Like, <laughs> like, I know. I would have, I, I was a little, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> I was the tiniest bit bitter that he kept, that he called her Melek, Melek. the entire episode. So I was like, Melo. look, his memory is back. He needs to be calling her Melo. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, I know. But it's fine. It's not the biggest deal in the world. But it's it, not. It kind of like grated on me every time he said Melek. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. He he remembers everything. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, she's you're, Melo now. She's your Melo. She's your Melo. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, he's back the next morning. Melo is a terrible liar and he knows it. He's like, do you realize how ridiculous your story sounds that she's not here because going she's, to get she's out going to get Burek <laughs> after the horrible night we had? Like, you really think at that's what's on her mind at 8 in the morning? You know, so he he knows something's up, but he's not right. giving up. And I'm like, yeah. yes, here is my episode 18, 19, 20, 21, like 22, mm-hmm. 23, 24. The, that, there's that Sarkhan. Like, yeah. there's that Sarkhan that's like, no, like, I love this woman and I will do anything for her. Mm-hmm. And I will do whatever I can to keep her. Like, yep. I, you know. Um. So then, of course, we already talked about Celine's audacity with that car conversation. Um, You know, 
what's one of the next things? I had her little car conversation screenshotted, but we already talked about that. When I he's do, just like, okay. I do just want to say that I also really appreciate the fact that they're remembering that Sercon has friends again and that he and his mother have a really good relationship yes. because oh. every single scene when Angan and Pearl came in and they he was um you know talking to them about the whole situation mm-hmm. and they clearly were able to read him and his moods and, what's and give going him on, sound advice give him advice and then they we had that really sweet moment at the end between him and Idon when she basically is like look I know whatever you do you're gonna approach this really well and mm-hmm. I'm behind know that I'm behind you every step of the way it's bringing those relationships back that had somehow just kind of dissipated into the yeah. fog yep. and it's like what what about these people and there who was- are his big support group that we just have not seen when he, frankly, needed them the most? Well, right. I was going to say, and there's not even an excuse for the lack of those ones because those transcended all memory loss. Like, exactly. He's been he's been close to his mom his whole life. He, I mean, for goodness sake, he lived on the property just so that he could see her because, you exactly. know, she had agoraphobia. And Ingen and Parole have been in his life since childhood. Yeah. So all of that transcends one year of memory loss. And yeah, though those should have been people he was truly leaning on, not people he was getting annoyed with and frustrated with when they were all telling him the exact opposite of what one evil snake was telling him. Exactly. Especially exactly. when we know he never like, yeah, they've been friends a long time. And yeah, it. It does track to have him kind of defending her because, you know, in 18, when he defends Celine, I talked about this last week or the week before. Right. And Edda's like, I'm clearly I'm nothing to you if this is how you're treating me in front of her. And he's like, but you're the you're the most precious person in my life. And she's like, but you're not acting that way. Like, you totally Mm -hmm. just defended Celine when I'm the one who's actually looking out for you, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. And so it's not entirely out of character for him to kind of let that lifelong friendship dictate his actions towards her. Right. But ever since 20, when he let her have it, I feel like that doesn't apply. So. Yeah, that felt like him closing a door that should never have been opened back up again. Mm -hmm. But then it suddenly was. Yes. So, yeah, I, which is another reason why we need, we need that retribution this coming yeah. week um yeah. you know so and i also again appreciated because there's they can't they really can't erase anything that happened mm-hmm. in the last seven episodes so this had to be a tell versus show because it's just the cards they were dealt but when they said they had him say without remembering everything <laughs> i fell in yeah. love with you <laughs> i loved you i just couldn't admit it honestly it's the best it's the best we could hope for. Right, right. After all of I this. I was laughing at that because uh-huh. I was like, okay, thank you for the direct message from from, from the uh-huh. writers. Uh-huh. I think I even wrote that in my notes. I'm like, oh, yes, them telling us that he loved her before remembering. Okay, cool. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, yeah, sorry, plot makers. You having Sercon tell us this doesn't excuse you for not actually showing us, but I'm glad at least Edda knows, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, though, in the context of things now, especially now that I know our returning team was kind of helping oversee this episode. Yes. 
I I understand why they had that put in because they know that's yeah. something we all needed. Like mm-hmm. we didn't get to we didn't get to see it, and now we're not going to get to see it. Right. But they we least- weren't shown it, so they're like, "Look, we're going to tell you this. <laughs> right. We're going to tell you this, and we're going to make sure that Edna knows that he was in love with her before he actually got his memory back. So yeah. again, yeah. best we could hope for to kind of clean this up. So, yes. um, you know, I as much as that bothered me, I appreciated it just mm-hmm. as much because again it's the best we're gonna get right. so um then you know when the girls all get together and they decide to basically stalk Celine and figure out her lies because you know Jaren's like I saw her taking medicine that pregnant women shouldn't take mm-hmm. she drinks a ton of coffee for a pregnant person mm-hmm. and then even later when they're like she was in that bar and she just kept drinking and drinking and drinking <laughs> like right. you know and so all this stuff leading Edda to believe like well she's lying and spinning a game especially because Denise did call her and say hey I think she's up to something I know you don't right. trust me I understand mm-hmm. why you don't trust me um so I think we're going to see a tiny bit of an attempted, like, redemption for him because I think he'll probably wind up being the one to be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm the father of that kid because mm-hmm. something happened between us at that resort. Right. Um, you know, so I think that'll be something that kind of at least won't mend their friendship, but at least they can maybe leave in, like, a semi – quasi neutral place when he leaves where it's like okay i right. guess i don't hate you but like we're not friends anymore either right um for him and edda so although i don't i mean i'm guessing they have most if not all of 38 filmed by now i don't really know how that's gonna work since he tested positive a few days mm. ago i don't really know how that's all gonna play into it yeah. um and b gay just did an interview today and said that 38 was her last episode so we won't see any more of her after this week um, okay of, of celine so i uh, i have a lot of hope and expectation for how they're going to um play this out yeah because denise fine i don't need like a full-on whatever for him but i need it for celine like i need it for celine yeah so you know anyway so they spend you know they spend the whole time following after her there's not even a patient record when Jaren breaks all the HIPAA laws and, like, hacks that computer. And There's, like, I no know. patients by that name. So there's all this stuff that's suspicious. But then when it comes down to it, she is pregnant because, like we said, when Denise confronts her at the end and is like, is this child mine? Mm-hmm. And she evades – the fact that she just totally evades the question right there answers long, it for how us. how far along she is. Yeah. Yes, because – Because he's like, how many weeks? And she's like – I don't even remember what she says to him, but she basically you know, just avoids a question. You know what my other favorite is? is that I'm like, did you not take sex education, Celine? Because she's like, what happened between us was just a one-night stand. Oh, okay. And that means, therefore, a baby could not possibly uh, be a result of that. Like, a pregnancy can't result of that because it was just a one-night stand. Like, it was just so, like, you're so stupid. So, anyways. And then when he asks her how many weeks, yeah, she evades and she's like, she basically is like, yeah, that, that doesn't really matter. Didn't you know that Edda and Sarah Khan broke up? So can't That's you right. see? So you might have a chance with her. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm giving you an opportunity. If you if you make the right moves, she could be yours. And it's like, so at this point, you want to leave and go raise this child on your own because you don't want the father to be who the father actually is. Mm-hmm. So you're going to let Sarah Khan think or question. Sorry, you guys, if you can hear barking. Um. You're going to let um, Sarah Khan believe that he 
possibly is the father and then disappear on him because of course that's going to ruin his life and it's going to ruin Edda's life. And, right. you know, if if I can't have him, no one can. Yeah, that's all she cares about is making them both unhappy. Right. And she said that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this it, it all the whole paternity thing really works into all of her plans and everything that she has wanted to do with Edda and Sircon because she knows that she's not especially after this she knows he's not going to ever come back to her Mm-mm. so this is i think her final attempt at ruining things for the two of them yeah yep um so then what was more? oh denise okay well we're kind of on the subject of him he wasn't very present in this episode but when he was um the first we see of him is when he kind of walks into the office because he's there to maybe try to make peace or apologize. I'm not really sure. I know. Sure. That was kind of random. But we don't really get to fully figure out because everyone goes nuts. Serkan's ready to like pummel him. And I said, well, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it bothered me because I'm like, you are ready to go and like beat this man into the ground because he hurt Edda. Yet what Celine did was a million times more harmful and somehow you've yet to raise your voice to her. Like, yeah. you know, again, just further cementing why we need that um, acknowledged and addressed yeah. this week. Um, another thing, you could touch on this a little bit, but the fact that his friends were back, I really appreciated that just about every scene of Angan and Parole was them supporting Serkan and telling him the truth. Not just like supporting whatever he wanted to do, but even Parole being like, hey, don't you think she's kind of been through a lot? I think you need to be understanding with her and you need to be a little patient. And like he winds up thinking about those words later because when he's trying to prolong that meeting to keep her near him. Yeah. And then he reflects back on like what Pearl said, like about taking it easy on her and not pressuring her. And he's like, well, okay, if Edda, if you think that's all, then I guess this meeting can be over. Like he kind of backtracks on that. And so I like that he's actually like listening to the things his friends are telling him. Yeah. Um. I appreciated that a lot. Um, should we talk about what they're trying to sell us with this whole lay dem thing? Like, it's weird. Can we just say that so it's weird, weird and move on? It's so weird. It all of a sudden they were like flirty weird, like what last week, the week before. Yeah, and now they're like really latching on to that, and I'm yeah. like, what? I- I don't even really feel like talking about it, if I'm honest, because it's just out of the blue. No, you're right. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. They – why can't they just be friends? Well, and, like, I liked their bicker – like, I liked what they had with their weird bickering. Like, you always knew they were friends. You never believed they hated each other, even when they were acting like they did. They had a good rapport, though, with the the bickering. They felt like partners in crime Mm -hmm. and kind of almost like a – to, I think the why it's so weird is because they really had a brother sister vibe going on, mm-hmm. and so now turning that into some weird coupley thing, uh-huh. I'm like, look, just keep them keep them the same. Why yes. does they don't have to be a couple? They don't no. have to have a significant other in the story. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. still a good enough story. They are still good enough characters without having a love interest, yeah. let alone the love interest being one another. So yeah, it. I, oh, it was just weird. I agree. that I mean, I think that summarizes it well. We don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to uh, dwell on it. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, it's weird. Do we, do we want to cover um, 
why am I forgetting his name? Kimal and okay. Aidan. Yes. So, again, I'm glad they're not going the paternity route because, like I said, while yeah. we found a loophole that could have worked. Right. I don't love it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't love the idea of, like, oh, that's why it was so hard with my dad my whole life. He wasn't really my dad. It kind of, like, excuses that where it's like, no, yeah. sometimes you just have crappy dads or you just have a crappy relationship with your dad. Yeah. And it's not because he's not really your dad. It's not because there was this thing. It's just because it was bad. And so I don't think there was anything wrong with, like, leaving that as what it was, you know? Yeah. Um. So I'm glad they're not going that route. But I'm also, like, I'm a little confused. I feel like it's a very weak um, plot device or whatever you want to call it that she's so against anything happening between them because it's like, okay, but why? Like, it's been 20-some-odd years. He Mm -hmm. clearly still has feelings for you and wanted to check on you. And you continually using your son – as an excuse when it's like, mm-hmm. no, that would have been an excuse when he didn't have his memory and he actually needed your help while you were chasing Alex. Yeah. Um, so or if she be- were like single momming it and he was 13 or something, that yeah. would also be completely different. Yeah. But as it is right now, they're both grown adults. Her son is a grown adult mm-hmm. who is also doing business with him. Yeah. And the fact so, that she's not telling him. I'm like, what is with the women in Sarah life not just telling him what is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, Edda not telling him about their pregnancy. Thank God that came out by the end. That yeah. is the one thing. It's funny because looking back, I'm like, we actually had all these clues that uh, this team was back because they tend to address things fairly quickly. Like, Oh, yeah. They resolve it lightning speed yeah so it's like you know <laughs> which is yeah, good <laughs> yeah like uh, you know the pregnancy thing was out by the end of this episode so it was yeah. only a secret for a full episode mm-hmm. um the fact that sarkon ate pizza they were the ones responsible for this the first time <laughs> um the fact that we had these like adorable intimate scenes but they kind of were thrown in there that didn't like the pizza scene was adorable watching just hong care be cute and like make pizza oh totally adorable but very watching cute. them in the context watching them as ed there they're in the like context, let's have a very serious conversation right now are you hungry let's make pizza yes <laughs> and like, it was very what? yes <laughs> and while i appreciate it on its own just like i appreciated the pottery scene right the, the pottery scene was also very out of place yeah. for what was happening in the plot of that episode. Right. Um, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, at least this time when they danced, they danced and it was gold playing in the background and not some, like, breakup <laughs> song. But <laughs> about not wanting love if love is what you are. So, right. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. But, you know. So, yeah, it's funny because I'm like, yeah, we kind of had all these little clues that they were back. Like, little things that are very them. Uh, right. That weren't obvious until we actually heard that they were back. But anyhow. So, yeah. So, Kimmel, I'm a little confused about that. Um, but again, also, now that they're taking over, I wonder if they're just going to kind of cut through that crap. Um, yeah. I have a feeling by the next episode, they're just going to be out in the open. Mm-hmm. She's going to be being obvious that she still has feelings for him mm-hmm. and that that's going to be their storyline. Is the two yeah. of them, they're going to be in a relationship and all of that. I'm yeah. hoping it's just kind of a background thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he clearly, it, as far as I can tell right now, 
he's not a bad guy. He really yeah. just literally came to Istanbul to try to rekindle things with Aydan because he heard that she divorced. Mm-hmm. And that's his whole goal. I would be very happy if it stayed that way. And mm-hmm. if they just end up being a couple and cool, they're off in the sunset together, whatever. Yeah. Nope. Totally agree. Um. Yeah. Because at this point, I don't really – I just can't – and again, this isn't this particular team's fault – but I cannot fully forgive her for what she did. Like, right. So it's like, I'm not really that invested in you getting your happily ever after. No. Like, maybe, not really. bef- maybe before I would have been. But the fact that, you know, and I understand they don't want to beat a dead horse either, where it's like, okay, because they kind of had uh, the whole thing addressed when she has that talk with Edda in at the wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can tell she's sorry and wishes that things had been different. You know, so it's like I understand right. I'm not wanting to continually go back and beat that dead horse and have Edda be like, you did this to me. It's I feel like so much time has passed. Like that should have been addressed a long time ago. Yeah. So I can't fully blame them for not wanting to. And honestly, there's no way to fix it. They can't make her have not done it. No. The only way to fix it is for her to have not done it. So mm-hmm. I kind of understand if they mull over it. But unfortunately, I can't. So I'm like, right? yeah, I kind of wish iFair actually was getting someone. And I kind of hope – I still hope for that because I realized our our returning writers who are back, they wrote 29 and 30, which was when Alex was like, let's mm-hmm. not hide. We're together. Well, let's tell her because I don't want her to keep sending me flirtatious texts and blah, blah, blah. I want to just yeah. be with you out in the open. So that's clearly where they were headed with them. Like, she was going to yeah. have, like, a genuinely nice guy. They enjoy cooking together, all this stuff. And right. then this new team took over, and then they obliterated that and made yeah, him a cheater and a this and a that. So I'm like, well, I kind of hope you don't really focus that much on Idon and you focus back on Ifair. Like, not yeah. that I want – we don't want Alex for her now. But I feel like that was just totally torn apart. On what oh, what, what what that was like meant to be because I believe they were carrying out what Aisha started, wh- which turned out to be a cute flirtation, you know, mm-hmm. via social media and all that. And so I thought they took that in a good direction. Yeah. Um, anyways, so you know, again, just not super invested in her thing. I'm interested in Kimal enough that I kind of want to see. Okay, you're you're gonna stay good, right? Like you're a little suspicious, but you're not you're not bad. You're just trying to go about things in a way where you can be connected to this woman you've loved clearly right that Um, seems to be the the vibe that i'm getting from how they're painting their whole story right mm -hmm. now and i have a feeling that because of everything that idon did i think that might have been behind the whole conversation between her and Mm serkan and then him even that conversation when he sits down and she's evasive but when they sit down and he's asking are you okay Mm -hmm. and he's actually you know, being kind and loving to his mom. <laughs> well, and then asking, um, yeah, because he's like, I'm sorry, I've been so wrapped up in my stuff. Like, are you okay? And also, I've been meaning to ask you, like, because you were acting so weird, do you know him? Like, right. You know, because he's already suspicious of him. Mm-hmm. And then when he saw the way his mom reacted, like, showing that, like, showing that actual concern for her, yeah, you're right, was like refreshing. Like, oh, you do remember you have a mom that you have an actual relationship with right well and i think the the conversation at the end after the pregnancy is spilled and then she is telling him that she trusts him and that she's going to be with stand with him 
uh, no matter what happens. Yeah. I almost feel like that's them almost trying to rectify how mm. she has been as mm-hmm. a terrible mother, not paying attention <laughs> to her son and not telling Edda that he was alive. Them kind of being like, look, she's she's going to pay for those things by being a good mom now and from right. now on. So I'm wondering if that's really how they're going to try to fix that whole history. Mm, okay. Potentially, because I, I agree, it's too late for yeah. her to really kind of pay for that and to yeah. really fully apologize mm-hmm. to Edda, especially. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they still could, but I could see her being so supportive of him and being so supportive of him and Edda together that mm-hmm. maybe that's them trying to mend the relationship back to what it once was well and then if we're going along that route i could see then why she thinks she needs to deprive herself of like something good something good Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i don't deserve this because i played a hand in the hell that edda Mm -hmm. and my son have been through the last several months right that hasn't really been um implied quite yet but mm-hmm. I could see them even doing that where if he's like when she finally does tell Sarkon who Kimal is and he's like, I could see him being like, why didn't you just tell me this? Like you've you've already told me the right. story of him. Why wouldn't you just tell me this? And mom, if he's here for you and he clearly loves you enough that he's like, <laughs> you know, he's joining my company at a loss to him, mm-hmm. like all this stuff, you know, like clearly you mean something to him. And I could see her being like, because like, I don't deserve that. Like, I made a mistake. Look at everything you went through with Celine because I kept my mouth shut, mm-hmm. you know, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I I could see that kind of building up to that. And it would be a way to kind of address it. Right. In, in the best way possible because the best way possible is not possible because they can't mm-hmm. do it. So um, I could see that. That would make at least a little more sense why she's being so, like, anti-Kimal. Because right. I just feel like it's just kind of weak right now, the reason she's not. Like, I agree. Um, so, anyways. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I guess we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love there, – there was a little moment when they have the dinner at um, the um, Yulduz's. And mm-hmm. when Idon and Ifair are kind of, like, giggling together after she gets the text message. Mm-hmm. And it was – I like <laughs> – I loved Serkan's teacher moment where he basically was like, do you have something to share with the class? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. So I was like, oh, that was cute. It was cute. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did appreciate that. Um, So let's talk about, okay, when he kidnaps her. This kind of happens after that meeting. And it's kind of chaos because his mom shows up and Ifer shows up. Um, and then Denise shows up. And then Denise shows up. That all dissipates. And he just kind of grabs Edda by the hand and is like, let's go. This is ridiculous. And she's mm-hmm. like, where are we going? And he and she's like, you you turn into an animal or something, which I I just – that made me laugh. But, um, you know, they get in the car. They come back to the apartment, which I was like, well, I think you could have driven her to the mountain house or something. But all right. Maybe budgets aren't allowing for that right now. I don't know. But right. I would have liked that better. However, they wind up back at his apartment. And he basically – is like, you know, what's going on? We need to talk, which, again, totally appreciate this. Mm-hmm. But she's like, don't push me. And he's like, Edda, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. Do you get that? 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't under, I don't understand. I'm trying to understand you, of course. You know, he's like, but if what you're holding on to, like, is the past, can't we let it remain there? Like, we've moved, we're moving forward from this. And therefore, let's step over it and continue our journey. Why, why are you, why are you being this way when everything can be fine, when everything can be beautiful? Mm-hmm. And she tells him again, Sirkan, it's not that easy. It's not easy leaving the past behind. It's sometimes difficult and sometimes impossible. And he's like, I don't understand. There's something you're not telling me and I don't know what it is, but I want you to tell me about it. Again, him actually being discerning and observant. Yes. Please. And she's like, I told you I have nothing to talk about. I'm begging you. Don't force me. And he's like, don't force. Don't force. Edda, this right here. When I lost my memory, I was in a dark place. But Mm -hmm. now I'm in, in an even darker place. And I understand that because he's like, okay, I finally have come out of this fog mm-hmm. and I remember everything and this great love I have and this woman I have. And now she's keeping me at arm's length, basically. Yeah. And he doesn't know why. And she tells him, I don't want to upset you, but I just don't feel like talking. I'm begging you. Let's not talk. Let's just keep quiet and let's do something together. And he does relent. And this is when they have like the pizza moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and again, it was like out of place, but like I get it. They also I do also get it where there's just times where you're like, yeah, you know what? There's something wrong. I don't want to talk about it. Can you just distract me? Um, right. I don't think the, <laughs> the subject matter of this isn't exactly great for that. Um, right. You know, but I get what they were kind of going for because we've all been guilty of like, you know what? I just kind of want to ignore life for a minute. <laughs> So let's just do something. And I think that's mm-hmm. what they were going for. It right. just it just felt a little jilted. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, um, they have the pizza making. We get a little hint of fair jer clearly on the mend and thriving. Mm-hmm. And can I just say I loved, loved when they got home that night after the uh botched uh proposal. Okay. And he like drops them all off. And they're all clearly upset and questioning what's going on and all this stuff. And, like, we need to check on Edda. And he gets ready to leave. And yeah. they're like, no, no, stay for coffee. And he's like, he's like, no, no. Like, there's a lot going on and you guys need to be here for her. We'll do this another time. I'm going to go. And mm-hmm. I'm like, God bless this man for knowing how to I read know. a room and yep. act accordingly. He's like, this isn't my business. You guys, you guys got to take care of your business. Yeah. And I'm going to just remove myself from the situation. But it made me think of the beginning of episode 11. When he's like, uh, honey, why don't we leave Edda and Serkan here to be alone? Like, uh-huh. when, you know, like, I just was like, he can read a room and I he love can. it. I love it. So I just wanted to give him the shout out he deserves for that. So um, after this whole pizza night thing, we we do hear from the girls or she's telling the girls, like, I'm not ready to give him up. Like, I'm really not. I love mm-hmm. him. I don't just want to let him go. But there's this huge thing um and that's when we find out the whole denise she could possibly be lying and it gives it to hope like let's Mm -hmm. let's catch her in this lie blah 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 then okay this listen this like blew my mind when it happened i think because again i had zero expectations of ever seeing callbacks done in a way that i could appreciate truly Mm -hmm. um but when she comes to the office the next day and he is like uh, you know 
he clearly is like, well, we had pizza night and everything's fine now because he's like, you know, on his laptop looking up places to take her to to get into yes. a getaway. There's a box in her area on the conference table. He's gotten her mm-hmm. a gift. And, you know, it's funny because when he put that there, I tweeted and I was like, oh, great. Is this another stupid diamond that she won't even care about? Because I that stupid diamond ring, if it makes another appearance, I'm going to scream because even this man back in episode Nine knew that's not how you get Edda. That's not what means something to her. Like when Ankin's like, buy her jewelry. And he's like, that's not who she is. Like, that's yeah. not what she's going to appreciate. I'm hoping that goes the way of the dead wife and it just mysteriously disappears. Uh-huh. And we never see it again. <laughs> never see her here from it again. Only to be replaced by the correct flower ring. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> because, yeah, he, Serkan knows Edda. Yep. And would actually give her a ring that she would appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. And clearly knows how much that means to her because of the way she freaks out every time she thinks it's lost. Like, yes. So and he still has it. And he, he still, still has it. He has it in that jacket pocket or wherever he put it now. Probably next to the tube of lipstick he still has of hers. So um, anyway, so she shows up. He like slams his laptop shut, of course, being all suspicious. And she's right. like, what is going on? Are you planning a surprise? And he's like, well, you're looking in the wrong spot for a surprise. Mm-hmm. And kind of points her back towards her her area of the desk and so she picks it up and opens it listen and maybe this was an overreaction because of my low expectations but my jaw was on the floor i seriously was like this is not what i was expecting i literally was expecting something really stupid like really stupid that didn't make sense or we'd never seen before or like whatever but when she opens it and he's watching her, like, as she opens the box and she realizes what it is. Uh-huh. And it's the copy of The Little Prince that his dad gave him for his birthday in episode right. seven. And she not only says, Serkan, this is The Little Prince that your father bought you. Why are you giving this to me? Mm-hmm. And when he says, well, you know, this book is important to me, but you are the most important. So reading this book without you feels pointless. So it's acknowledging that connection they have over this story. Then, then, like, and he's like, you know, I love, <laughs> it's funny because when he's, he's being so vulnerable right here, you know, because he's like, I love you so much. Like, and she's just in awe, I can tell, of the gift. But when all she says is thank you, <laughs> I'm like, is this where we're at again? <laughs> where she doesn't say I love you back? But then I was like, well, the last time I demanded she say she loved him back, everything went downhill. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Well, and she also knows that he supposedly knocked up another woman. Right. So, I mean. Cut her some slack. <laughs> cut her some slack. All I'm thinking is if, <laughs> if, if I were in that position, I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to say something that I couldn't necessarily back up. Right. Because saying I love you is a big deal yeah. to no, you're a right. lot of people. You're and absolutely right. And it should be and a it big should deal be. between the two of them. Yes. Yeah. So I fully support her just <laughs> not saying I love you back then. Because uh, that how confusing would mm-hmm. that be for him too? Yeah. He's proposed to her. She said no. She's like, I need time. We have – there's things that we're – trying to deal with that I not everything Mm -hmm. you know can be fixed all these things then he gets her this beautiful gift and he's like I love you so much if she were to say I love you too Mm -hmm. he'd be like okay so then we're getting married right yeah no you're right 
Yeah. So I fully, I'm with Edda on this one. I'm Nadia, her up. Nadia will fully, fully agree with you and appreciate that you said that. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, we we cut to another scene really quickly, but then we get back to them and she's and she basically is like, I like still I can't believe you gave me this. And then this this is what I was like, I cannot believe they did this. Like somebody did their homework because she's like she opens the book and then all the pages they read together in episode 11 mm-hmm. are marked with yeah. photos of them. And she's like, Serkan you remember the pages and he's mm-hmm. like i remember everything and the way she looks at him like she's so shocked and touched mm-hmm. cuz she even says even i don't quite remember like i don't even remember which specific pages we read mm-hmm. and she's like how extraordinary you are you constantly amaze me and he tells her i'll surprise oh, you i'll be su- you'll be surprised for a lifetime <laughs> i know and then she like touches his like face and neck and chin like and they just look at each other and it's just this really emotional ugh, man like i loved that so so much because you know we haven't really had much of a callback to the little prince no and honestly i was like please stop calling back to things cuz all you do is destroy them like yeah and you know, say that they're sachma yes and say that they're chok sachma so it's like i kind of not only lost hope for it but i was like please don't because you've just mm-hmm. ruined all of it this was where i was like okay who i think i actually tweeted who helped them there's no way they did this like <laughs> like who helped them because and this is when i was like did aisha help them because, like, I could see her doing something like this. Right. In a situation like that. So, but then, yeah, again, it was like, okay, here we go. Nah, they did have help. Because it was like, if this is what, if this is what's been locked up inside of you guys this whole time and we weren't getting it, like, this is so upset. This is, like, so upsetting. Um, But, yeah, like, that just, I really couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, the fact that I was, like, still reeling from that it was that copy of The Little Prince and then that he actually marked the pages with, like, photos of them. It just – I was like, okay, bravo. Good job. Like, our Serkan is 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 back, back. Like, he, yeah, he's yeah. alive and well. He is and alive and well. The fact that he was really set and focused on wooing her and winning yeah. her back, like Angan yes. and Peril kind of told him to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey – just get the ro- you know get the romance back woo her earn her back and he did his darndest he and did. the fact that he was doing that was so wonderful mm-hmm. and his when when they have that really sweet moment after she opens a gift and she realizes what it is mm-hmm. and they have their whole conversation and then Layla comes in and his <laughs> and kind of splits them up. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, and she ends up going with Layla because Layla spins the whole lie about her having the plans to go to the spa uh-huh. with the girls. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, I have to go. His, I want his growled keep me mm-hmm. on, as my ringtone or oh, something. Yes. Because, and there was another moment later on where his jaw clench was so visible uh-huh. that I was like, I need that. I need <laughs> I need it, please. How do we bottle think, that? How I do we need, bottle that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the jaw clench plus the growled geek me, I was like, oh. I, I already loved any 
Turkish man if he, they say gitme in <laughs> Adizi. That already is like next level romance that <sighs> Americans cannot even understand until yeah. they have entered the world of Dizis. Yes. So, or people in the world. People yeah. of the world. Please, yeah. <laughs> please understand the power of gitme. Gitme. Yes. Uh, but um, that, but it being growled, I didn't realize that that was something that mm. I needed in that my you life needed? until it came out of Karem's mouth. And I was like, oh my. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that scene was so good because there's a lot of people who are like convinced he forgot his lines. And when he's like, uh, uh, and he's like kind of grabbing her face and he kind of yeah. stumbles there because she's kind of laughing, like, where is this going? Yeah. And she's just kind of going along with it. And so people are like, okay, be- that was part of the Q&A. A lot of people, he didn't answer, but a lot of people asked, like, um, be honest, Karem, did you forget your line here? Because it's just, because he's just so, like, you, uh, well, he's all he- out of sorts and like kind uh-huh. of confused. Uh-huh. And- <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so funny. And he's like, well, you don't need the beauty salon. You're already beautiful. You don't mm-hmm. that like, you know, all that. It was very funny. And she's like, relax. I'll be back. I just have to go with the girls. Um, and yeah, it was really cute. I do love this during all of this is when we have suspicious Sarakon because he watches them flit off and he's like, Celine left and then they just left. Like something's going on. Right. Um, and then Ingen and Pearl come back in. Yes. And then during that is when Ifair and Idon plan their dinner and it's like okay are they really cementing for us like that these two are actually like on good terms and fa- and acknowledging each other as family because they're like let's plan a dinner we didn't get to that like you know yeah. they're not they're not competing over it they're not bickering over it mm-hmm. it's like they just want to have a family dinner right and so i liked that um we kind of went you, over did ahead. you notice in that scene when Ingen and pearl come in after edda leaves mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're talking about romance and that Serkan tells Engin that he has to show his romance and not tell it. Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> How did I miss that? You know what? Because I didn't get to watch with the good subs because oh. they didn't they didn't come out until like eight thirty last night, and I yeah, started I started the show um, just before eight, and so I was like, okay, well, I want to just get it going. So I I rewatched with the other subs, and I didn't okay. think to keep checking throughout the episode. So okay. I wish I had watched it with his. Um, Side note, though, I really loved his commentary. I, I love, know. I love that he's including little commentaries now. Yeah. Um, or at least for these episodes, because for me, they've been spot on with mm-hmm. how I felt about them, too. So um, I do plan to rewatch maybe not the whole episode, but my favorite scenes, like especially those with the little prince and their conversations when he's like begging her to communicate with him and all that. I definitely yeah. want to rewatch those with his subs. So I did not pick up on that at all. So funny. I was cracking up. I was that like, is amazing. This is not <laughs> shade. Shade. Well, and I thought the same thing when Melo's like, do you notice that you're always the victim in this story? Like you're always the one. And yes. I was like, are you all properly shading yourselves? Like, <laughs> yeah. Dang it. I was gonna never mind. No, what? <laughs> no, I can't say anything because it'll it's a spoiler from a book. So Oh, I can't. okay. Cause because there are certain there <laughs> what here's what I'll say for that you will understand. A certain 
um, hero that we love mm-hmm. from a ser- a big, long, huge series mm-hmm. that you've read. You mm-hmm. read this this particular one. <laughs> you know how he's always like just sacrificing himself. Like it's <laughs> always hit on him. He won't he won't just ask people for help. But he just, he's just like, no, I'll just die instead. <laughs> <laughs> That immediately made me think of that when Mela said that, like, you're always, you're always the victim. All I was thinking was, oh my gosh, the self-sacrificing heroes and heroines of uh-huh. the world. Like, that's Edda. Yep. Edda's always the one crying, sacrificing her happiness for yep. everything. For everything, especially at the end, like, of yeah. this episode. You're totally right. So, you know, we got, we kind of went over the whole Celine sneaking after. Well, Sercon calls her eventually. And so he's yeah. like, well, send me your location. I'm going to come get you. So, of mm-hmm. course, he picks her up from the hospital and the girls have to come up with like a quick excuse. Mm-hmm. And Jaren's like, well, Edda had a fever. So we brought her here. I love it because clearly that's a lie. But he yeah. puts his hand on her and he's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, you have a fever. Let's go. And she's like, well, where are we going? And he's like, I'm going to cure you. And she's <laughs> like, oh, and then like, I loved that because <laughs> the good steps were I'm I'm going to I'm going to make you well and I was like oh are you going to make her well I'm sure you, gonna, you are how are you going to do that Sarkhan Bay <laughs> oh my gosh I loved it like I appreciate that kind of innuendo because it's so like it's obvious but it's not like right you know what I mean and it's also very tracking with how Sarkhan acts. Uh Like, he wouldn't be – he'd be like, no, I'm taking you to my house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you. I'm Mm going to get you my doctor. Uh (laughs) Like, he's not trusting other people. Right. no, 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 no. If this is Ida, I am going to take care of her. Yep. So I was like, this is right back on track with Sircon. Yeah. I totally agree. I – yeah. I loved that. Mm -hmm. I I loved – I love that he brought her right back. He's shoving echinacea tea down her throat, even though she hates it. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, um, he's like being all whispery, like, we'll finish it. I know you don't like it, but there's a surprise for you if you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, this whole scene. I know. I will watch on a loop for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. It is so good. Yeah. And. Do you have this? I don't have – what was the – I must have missed the first line because I wasn't fast enough. What, I think he asks her if she's ready after she kind of drinks it. And he's like, we well, didn't right, finish right. it. And she's like, well, I drink enough. Just She wants her surprise. <laughs> so he tells her to close her eyes. And he's like, are you ready? And she yeah. says yes. And then he starts reading. Yes. Um, so I missed the first line of the quote. Okay. Because uh, – um, and then I, I meant to go back and then I didn't. So he says, on your planet, said the little prince, people grow 5,000 roses in one garden. In one garden. And they still can't find what they're looking for. Hmm. They can't, I said. Whereas what what they're looking for can be found in a single rose in one drop of water. Page eight. And she's like... You remember, or he mm-hmm. he says you remember. Well, because she starts, yeah, she starts reciting it with him. Yeah, they're saying mm-hmm. it together, and she's like, "Well, I guess I just needed to hear it from you mm-hmm. in order to remember." And she says, "What was page 16? Mm-hmm. And they together start yes. quoting. Uh huh. I suddenly silenced the world so that you could speak. How do you fit into yourself? Mm-hmm. I would always listen, and then he s- tells her. I would always listen to you if you talked nonstop. I love that because it 
it ties in with the whole I the world fell silent so you could speak and then he's saying and then I will I actually want to hear and listen to everything you have to say like mm-hmm. ugh, I love says, that I would always look at you Edda you're so beautiful so beautiful and then she just says Sir Khan can we talk about the future a little about us <laughs> and he's like okay well we will open a library together for kids We'll work for every one of them to be able to read books, our own kids included. They'll be so lucky to have a mom like you. Mm-hmm. So she says, so is their dad going to love me no matter what? And he says, their dad will always love you very much. Mm-hmm. He's going to love you forever. He's going to love you forever. And then he says, I can't breathe without you. She says it. Oh, she says that. Which I loved because he's the one who says it in 13. Mm. But she says it to him, and then he tells her that she's his whole world. Mm-hmm. And ugh, I mean, I would have loved it if he had said, I'll be your breath whenever you need. But mm-hmm. I also can appreciate that they didn't just copy paste it either. They right. they gave it its own thing. So I loved that scene because it's so emotional. Because even when the way she's asking, like, she's got tears in her eyes and she's like, but their dad, will he love me forever? Like, will he continue to love me? And, you know, because clearly she's still conflicted where she, you know, he's talking about being a dad to their children while she's still kind of questioning (laughs) if the possibility is there that he's a father to somebody else's child. I mean, right right now she's kind of she's kind of on the track that it might be a lie. Um, So I think she kind of gives herself this moment and lets herself just kind of revel in it. Um, but of course, it's going to be at least a little bit bittersweet for her because right. of no this cl- this cloud hanging over her head of yes. knowledge that she has. Yes, and I love because uh, this is the kind of purposeful angst like mm-hmm. that we've been missing so much. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. So it was just so refreshing. I just loved it. I loved it, even though it was a sad thing. Even though, like, I loved it so so much. Um. So after this whole thing happens, um, it's the next day and or later that day. I think it's the next day. Either way, some time has passed. And Edda's like, okay, no, I need to face this head on. I'm going to confront her because Sarkhan is mine. I'm not going to let her continue to play these games. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm waiting for her. And she does her thing. Celine gets in her car. Edda gets out of hers, hops mm-hmm. on into the passenger side. And you know, confronts her, but Celine winds up passing out. So, right. you know, they the girls help her get her rushed to the hospital. And this is right. where we get the devastated and conflicted Edda because this doctor's like, well, this isn't all that surprising in your condition, but the baby's fine. Right. And that's when it's like, well, what kills me though here is that I'm like now knowing what I know, that she's just a big lying liar who lies. Mm-hmm. The again, the level of manipulation in this scene from Celine to Edda. I know. Like she I, she also does the same thing with Idon later. Yes. Oh, yeah. that that yeah. angered me more than anything because she's having like this deep, like, I don't know what I should do. Should I have I an abortion? Should I this or that? And it's like, this isn't even the grandmother of your child. And you are emotionally manipulating this woman to yeah. To support you in something that doesn't have anything to do with her. Yeah. Like, it was 
That was so ugly to me. That was so ugly. I'm convinced Selena is a narcissist because mm-hmm. the way that she spins things mm-hmm. to to where she's always the victim and it's always about her mm-hmm. and nothing else matters but her well-being and her happiness and all of these things. It's all about her and yes. I'm like all I think is she she's a narcissist because and she successfully Mm-hmm. manipulates people as well which yep. is also very common in narcissistic people because they take advantage of the empathy and the sympathy of others so you know what's funny that actually leads me right into a listener email we got okay from someone named kiara mm-hmm. and she is persephone hades five on twitter so i've chatted with her on twitter before and she wrote to us and was just like i love listening to your take on each episode you're both so funny and insightful at the same time Started listening this summer and now caught up on all the episodes of the podcast. Uh, she's so sweet. Please forgive me if there's mistakes. English is not my native language. Please never, ever apologize for that. Um, but she said after last episode, and she sent this on March 28th, so I believe she means our episode of 36. Okay. Um, I want to give my opinion on why Celine was always meant to be the villain of the story. Hmm. She says, I never... Um, I never bought into a possible redemption for her because I've always seen major red flags in her behavior. Mm. And I'm happy that I never changed my mind. Celine is a sociopath and a narcissist. Mm. (laughs) So she agrees with you. She said she is without remorse. She doesn't even Mm -hmm. bear the consequences of her actions. And she always blames everyone else for them by playing the victim. Yep. She's also a very good and very dangerous villain because she weaves her lies with some truths so that it's difficult to expose her. From the start, she has been selfish and egocentric. She broke up with Sarakon because the relationship wasn't progressing, which was fine. But the first red flag is that after just two months, she was already engaged. Yeah. So to me, this seems strange. It was clear that she was just using Ferit to either make Sarakon jealous and come back to her or give her what she wanted or to just reach the goal of getting married and not being a single woman over 30. Hmm. Then when Edda entered the picture, she had the audacity of being jealous and acting on that feeling after she was the one to dump Sarkon. And At- is, was already engaged. Mm-hmm. At this point, she just became obsessed with both Edda and Sarkon. Sarkon was just a prize that she failed at getting, and seeing mm-hmm. Edda wake up the romantic sensitive side of him made her mad. She became fixated on winning against Edda, on coming out on top, whatever means necessary. For example, going through the stuff at his home in episode four, spying on them in episode six. Finally, she was willing to dump Ferit, who loved her and was ready to give her everything she wanted. Um, if Sarkhan had just told her that they had even a chance, not even a promise, just right. a chance. And after being left at the altar, she spiraled and started to be jealous of Jiren. Um even though she was supposedly in love with Serkan, she was jealous of Jiren and Ferit. To me, mm-hmm. she just could not bear the thought of being replaced um, or of an ex moving on. Mm-hmm. She then proceeds to find several ways to keep them apart, you know, and then she goes on about listening, you know, Edda's death and all this stuff. And then after being confronted by Serkan, she's pushed into a corner by Efe. She just decides to leave. But of course, before leaving, she still tries to dirty the water and implicate Edda and Jiren in the release of the fake engagement co- contract to the press. Right. Sarkon, rightfully so, was cold towards her and did not show any emotion. This was the right way to deal with her. It's called gray walling. I did not know that. Oh. As narcissists crave a response, even a negative one, but they hate being ignored and left out of their chosen victims' lives. Wow. 
The accident happened, Sarah Khan's memory loss, called her, of course, she took advantage of the situation, became the center of his world, a dream come true for, for a narcissist like her. She manipulated him, poisoned him against Ada and his friends by using real facts, but distorting them. Mm-hmm. So she sprinkled her lies all over the truth. Um, and then, of course, kept this ruse going and as though she was like this, this loving and loyal girlfriend, even though she was being the polar opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And then she says, now about Celine cheating on Sarkon with Denise. This is why I believe it and have no trouble believing it. She was not being intimate with Sarkon. Obviously, this was made clear this episode. Yeah. Um. So she was feeling undesired. After the birthday fiasco, she was out of control. Yeah. And by sleeping with Denise, a man supposedly in love with Edda, she was winning again against Edda. Mm. Stealing someone from her, as in her mind, Sarkon was stolen from her. Uh, when Sarkon regains his memory, he tries to confront her about her wrongdoings, and she plays the victim and places the blame squarely on him by using his guilt as leverage. She did nothing. I did nothing wrong. You called me. You made me uproot my life in Denmark. Mm-hmm. I came to you. You didn't remember. I'm innocent, and I just selflessly took care of you and nursed you back to health. She once again spins her web of lies and half-truths, and Sarkon falls for it because he's not 100% sure and still feels guilty for several reasons. Right. For not loving her, for ruining her relationship with Farid, et cetera, et cetera. She goes on a little bit about gaslighting. Mm. Um, and then she talks about the pregnancy plot this is the end of it um, I'm appalled by what Celine is doing she's trying to pass off her child with Tanisa's Sarkons and she is gaslighting him yet again which we kind of talked about with the whole how could you not remember Sarkon yep. um, by causing him to question his actual memory from after the accident right um, he remembers that he did not touch her and tells everyone that, but she's mm-hmm. taking advantage of the time he was recovering and his mind was muddled, so now he's starting to have doubts. Yeah. Also, in the case that something really happened, he would not have been in his right mind and could not have consented, which we kind of – we already mm-hmm. talked about this. Yep. And she says, so my question is, why is no one highlighting that? Why are they not putting two and two together? If if it would make Selena rapist, having sex with someone incapacitated is a criminal offense. Just because she's a woman does not excuse her. Amen. No, it doesn't. This is just my opinion, and I hope it sparks debate and that you also like it. <laughs> she's like, sorry for my long essay, but I hate Selene with the passion of a thousand burning suns. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual hugs from a big fan in Italy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you saying narcissist a- triggered me, and I was like, wait, I got to read that email i read from her well and she clearly lays that out man that's Mm -hmm. like a deep very detailed and very structured argument that i can only agree with i mean we even see it in her her fits of rage that she gets when Mm -hmm. she when she was like nothing ever happens the way i want it that literally comes out of her mouth in episode 19 right yeah and what what more proof would you need that it's all about her everything it's she's so Mm self-focused everything needs to be woven her you know all her little webs are woven only to make her the victim and to make her the center of attention yep and it's it's just crazy to me Uh it's crazy yep so yeah because like i said our first fit is in episode 19 we have Mm -hmm. another one of those at the in 30 31 whatever that you know wherever that trip those are all muddled to me because i know me too you know um but yeah so no i just i loved that and i was like i know this is kind of long but i i did want to read it and you like had that perfect walk into it when you said perfect segue Uh (laughs) so you know all this stuff is happening and 
So now, and of course, Celine is doing exactly what she does and just telling it like, I didn't want to ruin your happiness. There's no point. Sarkhan will never leave you. Just yeah. let me raise this child. Again, trying to make it look like she's being the selfless one by, quote, yeah, letting like them be. Yeah, sacrificing herself for their uh-huh. happiness. But of course, Ed is like, yeah, not going to do that. He deserves to know. Yeah. Like, you know. And so now she's conflicted because she's like, I don't want to give him up. But also, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a reason this child doesn't have, in her mind, a family, you know. Right. Um. Well, and, especially because of her own background of being raised without her own parents for most of right. her life. Right. She, of all people, is going to want to keep the child with mm-hmm. uh, their own parents. Yes. So she is conflicted. We don't really know fully what she's going to do, but we can just tell that she's hurting because dinner prep is happening and she's just kind of down in the dumps. Right. Um, they get there, you know, uh, Serkan and – Safi and Idon arrive. They all mm-hmm. sit down to family dinner and she's kind of trying to interact, but winds up excusing her. Well, Serkan excuses himself and then winds up in her room and he sees like the dartboard with his face on it. And, yeah. you know, it's it's a, another cute callback. She follows him in there and he does say like, sorry, I came in here without your permission. I just couldn't help it when I still saw my face with the darts, you know. Mm-hmm. And he asks her, though, like, are you are you still upset with me? And, you know, she's like, no, this is just an old habit. Like, it's more of a comfort thing. Like, I've always had this up of you, and now it's it's not a matter of me hating you. It's a matter of, like, this is just a habit, you know? So they he throws the darts at himself, and they're kind of having this conversation a little bit. Um, right. And, um, you know, she basically is like um, – after they talk about how it's a morning routine about throwing a couple darts and she kind of laughs a little bit and she's like, yes, I throw them every morning. And he says, but Edda, please be sure from now on, I'll do nothing to upset you anymore. Mm-hmm. And Edda, again, is bringing up this vague past because, right. we, you know, because she hasn't like, told what him. about what you did before? Mm-hmm. And he's like, but that was in the past. We said we would forget about it. And there's no reason to dwell on it because we have days ahead that we will not want to forget. I loved that line so much. Yeah. Um, But she again is like, well, no matter how much we want to forget the past, it waits somewhere to remind us of itself, Serkan. And of course, we know exactly, again, what she's talking about. So she's right. right, But he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. So poor guy's just like, what is. like, what's going on? Yes. Please tell me what's happening. And then, of course, they get interrupted because they're like, Edda, the food's getting cold. So she's like, you go out, I'll follow. And right. he tries – and he's like, no, please, are you okay? I want to talk about this. And she's like, just please go, go. Like, I'll follow you. Mm-hmm. So poor sweet baby, he eventually comes back. He comes back out. Edda eventually follows minutes later when people are like, where the heck is Edda? Right. And she blurts out, Serkan, I've been thinking and we just can't be together. Right. And dude is like, no, you're going to tell me why. <laughs> like – We've, you know, and who can blame him? He's like, yeah. you're, you're giving me the whiplash that yeah, I was giving you as a mud-brained idiot. Like, you right. know. Right. Um, and so he's just like, I don't understand. And thank God she has reached just her limit. Out. And she's like, because Celine is pregnant. And of course, it's like in front of everyone. It's like in the worst, one of the worst ways possible. But right. it's out. It's open. And again, God bless these writers who are taking over for making sure that he said, that's impossible. No way. Didn't touch her. Yada, and yada. he said it 
so calmly. So I was like, that was the perfect cherry on top of him immediately denying it, mm-hmm. immediately saying nothing happened between them, that he didn't mm-hmm. touch her. Not only he, – he wasn't all emotional about it. He right. was so calm and so factual. Like, yep. well, that can't happen. That, yeah. that has to be impossible because right. nothing ever happened. Yep. And that makes things way more believable how easily it flowed out of his mouth and how calm he was when he said it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So she – we kind of touched on this where she's like, well, you better go talk to her because mm-hmm. that's not what she's saying. And he's like, right. well, believe me, I will. So we kind of already covered how all that went down. Right. So the next morning he's at her house because mm-hmm. – you know, she's sad and broken. He's confused because now Celine is trying to make him doubt himself. And he, because he was so foggy during those early days of recovery, he kind of doesn't have a choice but to be like, crap, did something happen? Mm -hmm. Even though he's sure it didn't, he kind of has to be unsure. So he shows up at her house and he just basically is like, it can't end this way. Like, why am I all of a sudden the father of this child? I'm saying nothing happened. Maybe she's spinning games, which I'm like, thank God you are, like, acknowledging mm-hmm. the things that she's capable of now. Yeah. And he's just – and, you know, and she's like, Sirkan, how, how can you be sure? You're really sure. And he's like, well, I want to make sure that it's not mine. Like, yeah, I was foggy in the – like – I was hurt. I was trying like this. So mm-hmm. he basically is like, yeah, I guess I can't technically be 100% sure, you know. And she's like, okay, and I'm not mad at you for that. Like, I'm not – I don't hold that against you. Right, right. But the fact of the matter is if this baby is yours, like, it changes a lot. And yeah. he basically is just like, listen, can you just come over tonight? I just want to be with you. I just want to spend time with you. I want to be alone with you. Please, please mm-hmm. come over. He just wants so desperately to fix this, to make things okay with them. Um, right. You know, and so she basically says, I don't know, Sirkan, Bill Miyorum Sirkan, shuts the door. But we get it flashes forward to the evening and she does come. She tells her aunt, I'm going to go see him. You know, I'm going to go spend time with him. Yeah. And the big indicator for me that this was like her coming as a goodbye is that she brought serious. Mm-hmm. Yep. That t- same same thing. It felt like kind of the, the last hurrah, mm-hmm. her final moment of herself excuse me um of her kind of letting herself have time with Serkan and enjoy time with him and to just be with him before Mm -hmm. she leaves um it was her bringing serious and then her just kind of doing her absolute best to keep Serkan on track as far as mm-hmm. hey why don't we just enjoy ourselves yes, why don't like, we just enjoy the evening she and keeps this, kind of refocusing him on yes. being in the moment mm-hmm. and just enjoying themselves while they're together and this i under this to me made way more sense than the pizza thing because mm-hmm. this oh, for totally. her was something final so she didn't want it tainted by the problems that are still going to exist tomorrow morning like Celine's still going to be pregnant tomorrow. We're still there's all so this is a total. This was a very well done way of being like, yeah, can we just basically pretend our problems don't exist tonight because they'll still be here yep. tomorrow? I just want to be here to be with you. I want to be by your side. Yeah, and you know, so they do. They have a good time. We get this montage. They're eating, and you know, he tells her he doesn't want and. You know, he tells her he doesn't want to spend another moment away from her. He doesn't want to be – he doesn't want his life to be without her. Mm -hmm. And um, 
He even yeah. talks about making her food every day for the rest of their lives okay. because she loves the food so much. What? I literally tweeted when he was like, I'll cook for you every day for the rest of our lives. I tweeted and I was like, listen, Edda, what's a fake baby mama or two when you've got a man who's willing to cook for you every day? Really think about this, my friend, because never having to cook again for the rest of your life. Obviously, I was kidding. But um, yeah, so – I loved it because here he's thinking – I mean, they're on two very different pages about what this is. Right. He's seeing it as a – they're coming together. They're going to face this together, mm-hmm. um, you know. And But she's seeing it as I – she needs something to hold on to for the rest mm-hmm. of her life. Right. And that's she's probably this- thinking she wants one good memory, one mm-hmm. final good moment between the two of them that she can cling to so yeah. that her last memory isn't of them being upset and right. her spilling that Celine is pregnant. Right. And <laughs> because why would you want that to be your final memory of yep. the love of your life? Absolutely. So after he basically is talking about not wanting to be away from her for the rest of his life, um, she, you know, it fades to black. So we kind of can insinuate what, you know, what happens after that the next right. morning. He wakes up mm-hmm. and finds this note. And I found uh, Fatima on Twitter had a really great translation oh. of the letter. Um, but I bet, I bet, I bet our subtitle ones were really good. <laughs> so uh, why don't you read that one? Okay. Um, and if there's so, anything super different, I'll I'll read I'll read this one if it's if it's very different. But okay, because I just I really love I really really loved the letter. Like yeah. I really loved it. So she says, Sir Khan, my love, this may seem like a goodbye, but mm-hmm. it's but it actually isn't. Goodbye is said when you leave somewhere. Be sure of this. I didn't actually leave your side. And I will never leave. I can't. I'm not leaving you. I'm leaving myself. Mm-hmm. Because I can't. I can't be between you and your child for a lifetime. I can't be the woman that child will hate for his or her entire life, mm-hmm. who separated her mother and father. So I choose to always stay with you and to spend the rest of my life in huge emptiness. Forgive me. My only wish from you, my last desire, is to keep me only inside of you. This one year was ours. Let it stay there as ours always. Don't come after me. Don't search for where I am. Where you are not with me, I already am not. So you can't, you couldn't even find me if you wanted. Goodbye, my love, the greatest love of my life. They say that a love is as great, is great as much as it is impossible. Our love can't be any greater than this. Goodbye. So I, okay, so there was one part I really loved um, in this translation. After she talked about how she won't be the woman to separate, you know, that a child's going to hate because his mom, he's going to see her as the person that kept his mom and dad apart. And I love that she says, I will always have this emptiness within me that holds you. Mm. Like, and then I choose to live with the pieces that are left. Forgive me. And then I also love the implication that even if you look for me, you won't find me because I don't exist without you. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so poetic. It's so it poetic. So like basically, even if you wanted to find me, you couldn't because if you're not with me, I don't actually exist. Like that was like my favorite line of the whole thing. Um, and 
it, and it kind of reminded me when he tells her in episode 12 when they're driving back to her house when he stops her from going to the airport you know when he says uh when you when you exist nobody else does like it just it kind of gave me that same feel when he tells her that like listen where you are there's no one else when she's like unsure of his feelings for Celine still and stuff right um, so yeah i just i really loved that letter it really laid out exactly why she was doing what she was doing it really was entirely for selfless reasons she's again willing to completely sacrifice her own desires and happiness mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah and and i love that you know there there's all the there are always these references to how great their love is how mm-hmm. epic their love is all of these things and i loved how she ended it with they say that a love is as great as it as Sorry. (laughs) They say that a love is as great as much as it is impossible. Mm -hmm. And from the start, their love has been seemingly impossible because Mm -hmm. of the backgrounds, because of the secret um, story between his dad and her parents, all of these things that should really have made their relationship and their love to be impossible. Mm -hmm. But they proved that wrong. And that's how great their love was. And the fact that she kind of ended it with that and said, mm-hmm. our love cannot be any greater than this. And even with this whole – the whole baby situation, mm-hmm. it's yet another impossibility. Yep. But it doesn't negate the fact of how great their great. love is. That's a really good point. So that's, yeah. I agree. It was just so – it was a beautiful letter and so poetic. And yeah. it, would, it was the perfect kind of goodbye and mm-hmm. farewell to their relationship and their history. Yeah. And I if agree. this were a tragedy, that would have been the perfect way to end the movie. <laughs> yes. And it would have ended with him just watching her plane take off. Right. Um, but thankfully, this, yeah. this is a romance. Thankfully, so he we just are guaranteed an HEA. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, he just passes out instead. So let me tell you, I I mean, I'm a sucker for an airport chase, but and we didn't fully get one in 11 because she was only on her way to the airport. But it was that same right. feel. Yeah. Here we get the full airport chase. Oh, yeah. And it, you know, we see her angst, <clears throat> excuse me, her angst and turmoil as she's, you know, having her bags checked and sitting down mm-hmm. and waiting for her flight to be called. Like, you you feel what she's feeling. Hande oh, just the- does a really great job of that. Yeah, the trepidation jumps off the screen. That is a perfect word for it. Feel Mm -hmm. every tiny little bit of it. Uh huh. Meanwhile, our poor sad robot is, you know, breaking all the speed laws Mm -hmm. to get to her because Melo did eventually tell him where she was and that she wasn't going to make it. She's headed to New York, right? And um, which is funny because in Marashla, that's where. Mahur was going to go at one point. It's just funny to me that there's like these places. And same thing with. It's always New York. Same thing with Sanem was going to go to New York for her book. Oh, that's right. John had an apartment in New York. It's just funny uh, that there's these very specific places in DZs. Like you yeah. hear about Italy a lot. Um, yes. But it's just funny that in the States, it's apparently New York. So. That's funny. Anyhow. Um, so. He's flying to get there and we get a little hint that something's wrong because his head – he's like grabbing his head and his Mm -hmm. head's hurting him while he's in the car. 
But yeah. that's not really the thing that's important to him. He just wants to get to her. I also kind of thought that we that there might have been a tiny bit of foreshadowing with this mm-hmm. in his conversation with Celine because he kept grabbing his head during that conversation. Oh, but I right. wasn't sure if that was just him being upset mm-hmm. about the fact that some of the, the times during the months when he was in Slovenia were – foggy mm-hmm. or if it was a foreshadowing of this i wasn't mm-hmm. sure okay yeah and honestly i could see either one him just being so yeah. overwhelmed with the situation and being like this is impossible but you're telling me it's not impossible right or if it was the beginning of you know mm-hmm. this and um so you know he gets to the airport he races through everything mm-hmm. I, it was so funny because i was like of all the things for them to be realistic about like, the fact that they stopped him to make him walk through the scanner thing and stuff. I was I like, that I actually couldn't have cared less about. You could have just had him bolting through the airport. That kind of realistic stuff, I don't really need. It was just was funny nobody cares about him pushing, like, like people shoving down. people aside. Because uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> that wouldn't be a red flag in today's uh age Yeah, they wouldn't in tackle an him and <laughs> retain re- retain retain him uh-huh. in insecurity to be mm-hmm. like, why are you running <laughs> Uh-huh. Sorry, <laughs> I just uh, so, all I all I could think of was that meme. Um, have you seen that video? It's I don't even know what it's from, but uh-huh. I know the meme. Uh-huh. It's a couple, and the the lady gets out of the car and she's like backing away from him, and he's like, "Why are you running?" <laughs> I'm gonna have to send it to you. Everybody listening to- is gonna know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but all I that's. All that I could hear was that guy going, why are you running? (laughs) Okay, yes. Please send that to me. So, yeah. So we get this whole, you know, he's doing everything he can to get to her, all this stuff. He gets, you know, he gets to her gate. She's not there. Mm -hmm. She's walking in that, like, little tunnel thing that's on the way to the plane. And love this. This is another clue that they were back. Because we haven't really had this heartbeat thing happen since episode 30, which was their last episode before the mm-hmm. other team came. Her, She feels something in her heart. She It causes her to stop. She yeah. feels like a pain. Yep. Something that causes her to question and pause. Meanwhile, yep. that's happening. Sarkon's trying to find out if the plane has taken off yet. Has it, you know, have they taken off? Have they this? But he's like blinking slowly. He's, his vision's going in and out. Well, and he's trying to just get to the gate because the the security finally has stopped him. Right. (laughs) They're like, where's your ticket? You Mm -hmm. can't go past here. And he's like, no, I'm just trying to get to the New York flight. I'll be right back. But he's getting all foggy. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we're having another return to me moment. But this time it's Eda (gasps) and it's her heart. And she's – something is happening. You can tell that it almost seems physical like there is a physical pain that she's Mm -hmm. having and then she stops and And she turns turns around around as she's headed down the the what would that be like the The corridor basically like yeah yeah but the i what i really loved about this was that when she turns around she you can tell that there's the sense that she can tell that there's somebody there mm-hmm. or that maybe Sarkhan is there, maybe he's looking for her because she turns around like she's expecting him to be standing right there. Uh-huh. And then when he's not <laughs> because he's not there mm-hmm. at that 
specific spot, she still follows and yep. she still leaves and doesn't even get on the plane. She literally follows her heart. Like, yep. Because, yeah, she turns around and there's nothing there. Yet mm-hmm. she still stays turned around and walks right out of that corridor. And yes. as she's coming out, he sees her walking. Yes. And just before he hits the ground, he calls her name. So then she turns and sees him. Yes. Watches him drop. And then the last thing we see is her shouting his name and starting to run to him. Mm-hmm. And then the episode ends. Um, This was one of the best endings to an episode in a really long time. Oh, so good. Um, I loved that she saw him. Mm-hmm. Be- because if, <laughs> of course, you know, if she hadn't have seen him and mm-hmm. he just passed out and they didn't know that they were right there. Right. But the fact that they saw each other mm-hmm. made it so much better yeah. because then you get the panicked. Yes. Oh, is he okay? Mm-hmm. And then she's running straight to him. But. I just personally, I loved that they saw each other before he passed out. I thought that one little detail, that yes. one little touch made a huge difference in the I ending agree. of it. Well, just the fact, like I said, she felt him. We know that she felt him. Mm-hmm. It's what caused her to turn around. Yeah. She's looking. He. I love that he sees her first and then she knows where to go because he calls her name. And then, yeah, the way she sees him go down. Because in that moment... Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter that he might be the father of someone else's child. It doesn't matter that, you know, nothing matters but right then. And you hear her panic. She drops everything and starts running to him. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, this was one of the best endings in a really, really long time. So good. Um, It's perfect. Like, I feel like there's just so much that they set up for 38. And now that we know for sure that that, – now that we know for sure. Oh, you just sent me that meme. Yeah. <laughs> um, now that you know for sure, we have our second writing team back. Yeah. It makes me really look forward to 38 because I'm like, okay, now mm. I can see all these things you were setting up. Now I see all these things that I can look forward to and I think actually expect yeah. realistically to happen. Yeah. Um, Not just hope out into the void knowing it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. So all of that for me just made this like a really good episode for me. Yeah. Even though there are things that we've addressed that still need to be dealt with that aren't okay. But yeah. um, I'm willing to give them the grace to take care of that because they have seven episodes of a mess to clean up. So um, yeah. And I mean, maybe maybe I just didn't have as much of a big reaction to it because of <laughs> I I honestly think that it could just be leftover feelings of apathy mm-hmm. from the last however many episodes. Uh-huh. You the know last what I two mean? Months. Yeah. Yeah, where I was just kind of going into this one going, well, we've got another episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there really were some some really good and beautiful moments. And yeah. I the fact that Sarkon was back, that was my the favorite, mm-hmm. favorite part. And yeah. I guess this could be a good segue into our yeah! little <laughs> it actually because, is perfect yeah because we're we talked about the whole mm-hmm. episode so yeah. okay okay sorry i'm gonna noise reduce that the best i can you guys but if you do hear dogs going yeah. nuts in the background i apologize yeah um so yes we have a game 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So this was slightly stolen, mm-hmm. borrowed, altered, recycled, <laughs> recycled, mm-hmm. upcycled from, <laughs> yeah. from um another podcast Mm -hmm. who had an episode all dedicated to a character named Derek Craven. From a book. It's a book podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. And their whole, they did an entire episode called Derek Craven Would Never. (laughs) And we decided that (laughs) we know Sarkhan Bolat well enough. This fandom knows Serkan yes. Bolat well enough that we could do our own version of Serkan Bolat would never. Yes. And what we need from you mm-hmm. <laughs> is all of your different ideas of Serkan Bolat would never and then you fill in the blank and then we hopefully if we have enough we're going to come on here and we're going to discuss them together and yeah. decide whether we agree or disagree. Yep. And it can, with- and it can be like Anything. It doesn't have to be just pertaining to things that have happened in the show. Like, no, no, no. It like, can be, be like creative. Like my my best example would be like if you submit something that says, "Would Sarkon Bolat ever leave the toilet seat up?" And then Ashley yes. and I will, when we're reading these, we'll kind of debate with each other or decide: Is that something Sarkon Bolat would do? Would no? Sarkon Bolat would never leave the toilet seat up. Uh-huh. Or uh, yes, Sarkon Bolat would absolutely leave the toilet seat up. So just the best way to, I think, would be to, like, think about your pet peeves. Those are, like, fun ones to yeah. submit. Like, things yeah. that you absolutely hate. You know, would Sir Bolat chew with his mouth open? Right. Uh, would Sir Bolat wear mismatched socks? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> would Sir Bolat leave those socks mismatched or not on the floor of the on bedroom the instead of the hamper? So, like that kind of stuff. So, Ashley um, created a Google docu- document. We'll we'll share the link in the yeah. episode notes, and I will also share it in our Twitter thread for, and um, I'll put it in our link tree. Right. Um, for you to go to the Google Doc and you'll submit your Wood Sarkon Bolat ever. And yeah. then we if we get enough of these, we'll read them together on a special episode and mm-hmm. then kind of debate amongst ourselves. Um Sarkon Bolat would never do that, or Sarkon Bolat would do that. Um mm-hmm. like some were And I'm wh- gonna put and j- just so you guys know, the leaving your name is gonna be optional. So you can be anonymous if you want when you submit okay. these. So if you are being silly or if you – I don't know. If you don't want to share your name, you don't have to do that. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So you have the option though. But if you want credit for the – if you want credit yeah. for the submission, we'll give it to you if you just yeah. fill out your name or your Twitter handle or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. So we'll have that up. Um, it's going to be – it was so fun listening to the Derek Craven episode because – and this character oh is someone from like the 1800s. Yes. But, so it was even funnier because they were submitting things like Doing, in like, modern, modern stuff. <laughs> Yeah, like would uh, what was it like? Would Derek Craven go to um, Disney World? Yeah, like one go was to one Di- of them. Yeah, and that'd be a good one for Sarkon too. Actually, uh, would Sarkon Bolat ever go to Walt Disney World? So yeah, just anything you guys can think of, um, yeah. submit it because we want to yep. debate it, and it'll be fun because so fun. I think it'll be cool too if. We'll do our best not to, like, look over the, a ton of them beforehand. So that way we're kind of just yeah. doing it off the cuff. Like, mm-hmm. I'm reading one, Ashley's reading one, and we kind of debate it right then and there. 
Yeah. And it'll, it'll be fun because there's probably going to be ones we disagree on. And then it'll be fun to be like, well, here's why he would do yeah. that. Here's why he wouldn't do that. <laughs> so we just thought, how perfect would that be now that we finally have our Sercon back yes. to then be able we to. We can celebrate him. Yes. And I had so much fun with that hashtag remember when Sercon. Yes. Like I, when did that happen? Last Friday? I think it was before that the new episode. sounds right. Yeah. And, you know, I was just having a rough go of it. Like, I was just like, what the heck happened to our Sercon? And it caught like wildfire. And you guys were uh-huh. so awesome, like, submitting all your Remember When Sercons. So that was so much fun that I feel like this will just bring it to a whole other level. So that's what we want to do. Um, that will be so much fun. And yeah, and tomorrow. And the Google, the Google form will be linked in the podcast notes. Yes, well, I'll link it pretty much anywhere we can. That way it's easy access for you guys. And then we'll, you know, we'll leave it open for a couple weeks. Once we get like a good amount of submissions, we will close it and we'll record a special episode about it. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. So that was our fun thing from the beginning. So anyways, I hope that this was an enjoyable episode for you guys. I can tell you it felt really good to have like nice things to say and things that I loved and not just be like a total crap fest like I feel like the last like seven have been even though you guys have been super supportive and been like but we agree with you we love it because it's like voicing what we feel too you know Mm -hmm. it just I'll be honest like it's it's been exhausting like hating on the plot for the last seven weeks and so I yeah I just it feels really good to be like I'm looking forward to 38 like if Ashley and I might be going to a book sale because we're we are book fiends and there's a cool <laughs> book sale happening near us. So we may be going to that Saturday. But if right. not, then I'll be watching live, which yeah. I actually am excited about. It's not like a yeah. do I want to watch live. Like I will very happily watch the live episode if I'm home on Saturday. So yeah. that's just a really good feeling to have. Um, again, with the show that we fall in love with, like feeling like I know. we're getting – these glimpses of it coming back. Um, exactly. So, yeah, the fragment has me excited. I feel like we're going to get, like, angst and depth, but in, like, the best ways. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. Anyways, yep. that's that. So thank you guys for sitting through this with us for the last two hours and 15 minutes and counting. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, everything will be in episode notes. So um, the Google Doc plus all of our regular stuff will be linked in the episode notes. And... Yeah, I really think that's it. So we will be back next week with hopefully an even more exciting and happy episode than this one. I feel like we're finally on the uptick. So yeah, um, <laughs> until next time, go to shooters, post to call. <laughs> <laughs>